Panago Pizza presents S D P P the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. We start the show with breaking news. Breaking It's news. breaking news. And and it's that I forgot to buy Jesse a pizza again. Because I lost a bet a couple episodes ago and I don't know uh, I don't know what the bet was even about again. Oh yeah, it was about the Pacific Division All-Star team and who would be the coach. And I thought it was going to be Gerard Gallant and it should have been Gerard Gallant. It will not be. It will be Dave Tippett. It shouldn't have been Gerard Gallant because that wouldn't have made any sense. <sighs> Jesse, what's on the bad friend pizza? That on the Bad Friend Pizza is a um, hmm, a history textbook. Oh, okay. All right. A yellow Subaru Baja. <laughs> yeah, wow, it's a large pizza. Yeah. Okay. A uh, two-time dropout. Mm-hmm. Whoa, okay. Wow. And wow. everything Degenerate. in between. That's... Maybe a job in Barry. A jo- local radio. Hey! <laughs> yeah. Adam, all that? of those things come wow. on the Adam Wilde God, bad all, friend pizza. All of those things are so boring. Do, um, do, you, do you look back on your, on your hits in Barry and go, I was good at that? No. No. No, I was not good in Barry. I was I was awful. I, I uh, no? it's a wonder I ever got out. Like honestly, like are, are I, people I, not good at things when they immediately start them? Yeah, it's crazy, right? That's well weird. the thing was is that like I was there for ten months and I still wasn't good. Took a long time. Uh, two things I want to read. One from uh, Alex LeBlanc. Hey, man, sorry uh, for yelling uh, to you from my work truck. It was did, just at the, did you <laughs> at do the that? street corner. Oh. Hey! I couldn't hear what it was something about Alan McCauley apparently, but I didn't understand. Okay. Apparently, I had a rant about Alan McCauley. And the breaking news from Elliot Friedman. Mm-hmm. Akim has signed with H.C. Litvinov in the Czech Extraliga. There are 14 games left in the season, uh, although he will try to help them make the playoffs. He leaves tomorrow and plays his first game on Friday. That's wow. Cool. That's great. Interesting. Yeah. I, randomly, I also got one of those, that first message, I also got one of those. You got yelled at on the street court? Troy Bell, who DM'd me. He says, hey, bud, it's the dude who just yelled at you on the subway. Sorry, I didn't mean to freak you out. Just a fan of the podcast and wanted to say hi. On the saw s- the doors were closed. We're closing quick. Probably not the best choice of action to yell. Give Neilander the crown. Anyway, it, hope you have a good, good night. It's good the line. subway in Toronto. <laughs> no one even looked up. Yeah, no, no, no one cares. And I just thought you were funny, Troy. So um, shout out to you. Uh, I also want to throw this out there. Uh, hey, bud, I'm the dude. Is quite the uh, quite the arrangement of words, and that I believe. <laughs> Is is that that marks an SDP listener from everybody oh, else? Yeah. Hey, bud, I'm the dude. What a great Twitter <laughs> or handle. dudette doesn't yeah. really matter. Hey, bud, I'm the dude. Yeah, <laughs> you can be the dude hey, if bud, you want. I'm you, the dude. You can you're, be the man. Hey, go buds, Becky Lynch style. You're all the dudes. Yeah, you're all the budski dudeskis in our minds. Now I do, Steve. Of um, all the things we've talked about in the last two weeks, mm. what has been the most contentious thing? And we're doing this before we get to uh, Crown Royal. Who wore the crown? Right. Uh, I would say that's easily, at, at least in terms of the, there's been a lot of stuff where people will immediately yell and go, you know, no, I have an immediate opinion on that. Right. But Jesse is what? the king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the king. What is that for 
of saying something and you can tell most people are like, I, no, I'm not going to, I'm, you know what? I want to go to bed tonight. Jesse, you're wrong about the hat tricks. <laughs> and I'm going to sleep on it, think about it, and then write yeah. you back about no, it. No, you know what? We're still on that, guys? We're still on that. It's, it's definitely not worth my time. But on second thought, <laughs> I am done. I'm done with it. Here's but everyone reason, else is not. Here's the reason we're still on that, because I received a DM from Coupe de Tet, oh. a bespoke hat and leather good maker here in Canada with, by the way, 15,000 followers on Instagram because their hats are cool as hell. Wait, this you is a company? The, yes. You know those goofy, goofy ass fedoras that people wear? They make the good looking ones. Oh. Right? And they make actual like, you know, like, like amazing, amazing, like, like it's art. Right, it's beautiful. Hey, that's a hat. That yeah, uh, Pharrell hats. Williams would wear that hat. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be as good. Pharrell Williams' hat was still goofy. I'm sorry. It was tried too to make big. That a thing. It stunk. Um, anyway, <laughs> here's what Coop had to write to me, and it had to do with the hat trick. His name's Jay. Backstory here. Obviously passionate about hats. I am it. Yes, and that is why it's so interesting. We're talking about the hat trick. Oh, wow. full circle. Welcome, for your, welcome to your history lesson today. Backstory here, I'm a Toronto hat maker and a history buff. The process of, a hat, of hat making hasn't really changed much in the last hundred years. So to find out how to make hats when I was starting off, I found myself reading old articles and books from eras when hats were worked on by almost everyone. Uh, sorry, excuse me, were worn by almost everyone. This is when I first heard of Sammy Taft, a Toronto hatter. A hatter. Here is his story from my research. Was he mad? He was not mad. Okay. He grew up on Spadina Avenue. Growing up on Spadina Avenue, which is why you see a bunch of, if you come to Toronto, you'll see a bunch of big old buildings on Spadina. That's because that's where all the garment district was. That's where all your clothes were made, your shoes, your hats, everything was all made on that one street. That's where my Nona worked. Oh, yeah? She put food on the table by working in the garment district and fighting off all her coworkers for material. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Really cool stuff. So growing up on Spadina Avenue, Taft discovered a gift for the Gab while working as a tie salesman. He was barely out of his teens when he opened a store during the early days of the Great Depression. So we're talking early 30s here. One day, this man walked in and he said, why don't you sell hats? He told the star in a 1981 interview. I told him I was desperate. I could sell anything, but I didn't have any money. The gimmick was he'd give me a start and I'd either have hats in the store or his money would be in the bank. When the man returned a month later, all but two of the hats had sold. Wow. The legend goes that Chicago Black that the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, a, a left winger named Alex Coletta, wandered into Taft's store while visiting Toronto in January 1946. Alex Coletta, I don't believe any relation to Patrick Coletta. No. And Alex Coletta made the original six. Patrick Coletta could not. A fedora caught his eye, but he didn't have enough money to pay for it. So thinking of the promotional... This NHL player doesn't have enough money to pay for a hat. Yeah. (laughs) This is is the year after World War II. Actually, World War II is wrapped up six months ago at this point. But are you still on the fence about unions? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Man, it's done nothing. Man, the unions done nothing for the NHL. I don't know. They seem sort of uppity. Yeah. Weird. I don't know. Them and their asks. Yeah. Stupid. Let's go back to the days when people couldn't buy hats. That's right. <laughs> Professional athletes could not buy a hat. A fedora caught his eye. He didn't have enough money to pay for it. Thinking of the promotional possibilities, Taft made an offer. If Coletta scored three goals against the Maple Leafs that night, the hat was his. Are you How many joking goals? me? Three. Oh. Coletta went, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> this is where it's good. Coletta went one better. 
Though the Blackhawks lost 6-5 to the home team on January 26, 1946, he scored all but one of Chicago's goals. Taft claimed he heard of Coletta's accomplishment and referred to it as a hat-trick on the radio. Taft went on to offer any player that scored three goals in, the Maple, Leaf, in Maple Leaf Gardens a free hat, and the story grew from there. So, to Steve's argument that four goals should be called something else... The first hat trick in hockey Jeez. was awarded to a sorry to Jesse's. I'm assuming <laughs> to Jesse's argument that a hat, uh, somebody who scores four goals. The first hat trick in hockey was awarded to a player who scored four goals in a game. And side note, um, we have uh, taken up the mantle of making John Tavares a free hat to mark his first hat trick as a Leaf. We're going to make a free custom hat to any Leaf who scores a hat trick this season. Uh, we're off to the game tonight, sizing up Matthews, our town, our crown. Let's go. Free hat, free yeah. hat, free Pretty hat. Pretty cool, right? Wow. So that's a, an incredible story. Isn't that great? Wow. The hat trick started in Toronto. And wow. That, and has crossed over to all sports, but started here. Wow. That's, wow. That, great story, huh? That's unbelievable. This is why See, I, the Leafs getting lit up just adds to history. That's right. So Coop underscore day underscore tet, T-E-T-E. Uh, you can follow them for some pretty amazing hats and also a great history lesson. So when you score three goals in soccer, it's also called a hat trick, yes. right? Yeah. So did this... I think that migrated to Europe. Wow! Yeah. Or, yeah. From Toronto's Garmin Toronto. District. Yeah, what's that? It all started on Spadina in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Because a Blackhawks player made like... Four grand mm-hmm. or something like that. And Maybe. Couldn't buy a hat. Yeah, probably he couldn't buy, buy a hat. Probably had to buy his own bus ticket to the game in Toronto back then because the Blackhawks' ownership was brutal. They he, were just as bad as the Leafs. He cheap, just went cheap, door cheap. to door. Like, is this the arena? No. He, he almost missed the game. Spadina, you're not that far. No. Just keep going east. Exactly. Poor guy. Anyway, pretty neat. And you All know, right. And uh, so, so now you know, Jesse. Now I know. So <laughs> three goals is a hat trick. And so is four. <laughs> <laughs> Now, imagine the difference in the story. You know, hey, I scored four goals last night. Where's my hat? And the guy goes, hey, give me that hat back. The agreement was pretty ironclad. (laughs) You score three goals, you get the hat. You second you put it in the fourth, it's like you spat on it. No hat for you. And then he kicked him out of the store. You should have gotten a hat. I think you're right. He He scored more than three, so. I think he should have worked harder. <laughs> Shouldn't he have? Should have. I mean, if he wanted to make, if he wanted enough money to get the hat, he should have worked. He should have played more games. Mm. Somehow, should have scored three goals. Is what he should have done. That's what he should have done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, worked harder to score less. Yeah. Let's get into who wore the crown. As you know, living generously, life will treat you royally. And why not pour why yourself not? and a friend a crown royal? Because today we're going to talk about who wore the crown, where we, with the help of you, recognize one leaf player who gives it all for the blue and white. It's our town. It's our crown. It's not what you have, but what you have to give. We're going to crown a leaf that lives generously, but this one's going to be a little bit different. It's brought to you by our friends at Crown Royal. Live generously, and life will treat you royally. We will get into it. However. 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 Why not? We have not had a leaf game since our previous show. So what are we to do? I think we're going to do the all-star break. Yeah. I think we're going to do the all-star break. Ask. It's the bye week. By the way, I didn't know they had... Been syncing up all the bye weeks, basically. Hadn't is that what they've done? They've yeah, they did a, a uh, the first week they had bye weeks. It was like it was a clear advantage for the team that had been playing versus the team that had been resting. Mm-hmm. So now it's not as pronounced. I want to say it was like a full week's difference, mm-hmm. and now it's uh, not so much. I think 
like the the Leafs and a bunch of other teams get a few days off before the All Star break, and I think a few teams get a little bit of time off after. Okay, I don't I don't think it's a full week. I like that a lot better. It's five days. Yeah, there you go. Better. Yeah, much better. It was better. a nice idea in theory. It just wasn't executed properly. Yeah, it's idea. it's like so many things. Right. Here's a great idea, and then you do it. No. <laughs> well. well that didn't work. Let's back to the drawing board they with should, that, and then they figured it out. I feel like what they should do is just link. Why wouldn't you just sync it all up? Everybody's off at the same time. Like, why do before and after? I think it's too much to take a week off a season in the middle of the season. Like uh, Well, they're doing they're doing the, almost that with the All-Star game every year, but they could take a couple weeks off and go to the Olympics. That's Adam, just my thing. No, but, um, we need to make the heart of every decision we make cater to people who could take or leave the sport. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the whole sport needs to revolve care. around people who don't give a shit about it. Who watch a game a year. Yes. Yeah, please. Please watch us. Please watch us more. Now, um, I'm going to ask you guys for your honest assessment of who you'd give the crown to through 49 games this season. Hmm. I know we kind of did this at Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, but there's been a bit of... There's been a lot that's changed since Christmas, to be honest. It's been pretty up and down. It was like, you know, they were 15... 15 and 5 in 20 games, and now they're, what are they? Out of a playoff spot? Out of a and playoff spot. The Panthers spot won again, again so, yesterday. Yeah, so it's, it's a, you know, it's, I think the answers could have changed. Who would you give yours to? So this is from Christmas. Since Christmas or on well, the I whole season? Well, I guess we could do since Christmas. Yeah. In okay. the ba- yeah, you know what? That's even better. Since the bad spell started, who would you give your crown to? Hmm. Well, since the bad spell started. Yeah, so like Christmas is basically where the, the good times sort of ended. Where, where would you give it? Hmm. It's really tough. You know what? Because even during their streak, the Leafs should have lost at least a few of those games. And the reason they didn't, and this is a player that's been criticized, he's been criticized on the streak, he's been criticized all season long, and yet we're talking about this guy might score a record-breaking amount of goals for this team. This guy might win individual hardware for this team. Um, It's got to be Austin Matthews, right? They shouldn't have got a point against the Rangers. He willed them to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, they shouldn't have gotten a single point against Carolina, and they got two. And there was another, uh, the Jets shouldn't have got anything against the Jets, and he ties it with 13 or 12 seconds left. So I got to give it to Austin Matthews, because even when the team's been struggling, he's been finding a way to will them through. Where would this team be in the standings without those three or four points that I just mentioned? All of a sudden, it's a lot more bleak. Yeah, it would not be great. It would be less great. If it's it would, not great, it would be less great. It would be less great. Less. Certainly. More bad. More not as bad. That's right. Something like that. I think uh, this is a perfect time to go to you, Adam. Well, I'm going to say, um, for me... Say pure angle. Um, I'm actually going to defer to Jesse because I'm going to give my... Yeah? I'm going to give um, my crown to the same person he is. And so... You don't know that. I do, I do know that. You don't know that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to guess that my crown will sync up with Jesse's. And there's a reason why, but I want Jesse to do this because Jesse, mm-hmm. um, even though he picks it, it's still funny in our timeline. I was reading some of our comments <laughs> last episode. And oh. someone's like, has anyone noticed that Jesse keeps picking Nylander in the crown? <laughs> it's the strangest <laughs> thing. When he deserves it, I give it to him. Okay, yeah. and so Jesse, does he deserve it now? Well, today I learned that Four goals can indeed be a hat trick because the first ever hat trick was given to four goals. Whoa, right? whoa! So I, I can I can change mm-hmm. now that I, I have a new opinion on hat tricks. 
Maybe I have a new opinion on crowns. I'm going to read a little piece from John Tavares. Okay. He was interviewed by uh, Luke Fox. Mm-hmm. Luke Fox. Fantastic article. It's called Q&A with JT. He said he's very competitive. He's knowledgeable in the game. To me, he's still growing and learning and continuing to find how he can be better. I think he's very driven. He wants to be a great player and make a difference every night and be counted on and help this team be successful. Wow. Now, who could that mean? He's talking about William Nylander. <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. that's the best way to describe Nylander. He's clearly trying to get better after his down season last season. I actually thought it might be someone different. <laughs> 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 I'm so stupid. Oh, man, that's great. He's clearly trying to get better after his down season last year. And I think uh, you were naming off all of those moments that Austin Matthews... Uh, Save points for the least. Big ones. I think you'd say the same thing about Willie. That Calgary game, only one to score. There's he one. tried to keep him in the Blackhawks game. Didn't work. Desperately. But... <laughs> he, he scored the overtime winner against the Devils because one of the Devils because scored on the Because of his foot. Yeah. But still. But um, he scary intimidated him into it. What is his, uh, how many goals is he sitting at right now? 21. Sitting at 22 goals. 22. Hmm. He's almost a point a game player. 43 well. points and 49. Uh, games played. I just think he's been such a bright spot this year. How can you not give him to a halfway point? No, he biggest, really has. I, I don't know if he kind of has the biggest surprise because he's been paid $6.9 million, so you can't really be a surprise when you're... I think you can be a surprise. Bite. But you can. Because I think the way people counted him out, I think he is. Exactly. The way people counted William Nylander out and the way the media continue to try to Gonna downplay trade him. who he is. As as recently as this past week. Right? And then <laughs> what you happened show this up past this week? year. Oh, I just saw a tweet. Uh, I can't remember who yeah. it was. They're like, I just turned on the radio and they're talking about trading William Oh my god! <laughs> oh gosh. And you show up this year and just consistently, almost a point a game, you just score 22 goals halfway point. With, he's, with, he's got to get the crown. With no disrespect to Brian Burke, because I do thoroughly enjoy him as a broadcaster, I am so eternally grateful he no longer runs the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> and I mean that, and I would tell him that. Yeah. He's traded William Nylander so many times. Darren Drager has too. You know, TSN made it their mission uh, in William Nylander's first full year to trade him. Like it was, I, I don't know what it was. There was just this. I remember uh, Darren Drager tweeting about um, if the Leafs had signed Jimmy VC, Nylander would already not be a Leaf. <laughs> Do you remember that oh, tweet? That oh is a, that was a imagine, imagine how that would have gone down to history oh if right God. now the Leafs had Jimmy oh. VC and William Nylander somewhere else putting yeah. up thirty goals in a year. Noted. Come for, on, you know. Th- th- Four, four and a half, or sorry, third and a half li- liner. Like he's like that middle between third and fourth mm-hmm. line BC. He's not great. Um, he's he's a player. He he's, plays in the league. He exists. Right. Sure, but he's not a guy who's on your top line every night. No. Right. Yes. Exactly. No, he is not. <laughs> I mean, no, or even second. Here's where here's where um, VC finished that year when Drager tweeted that. That was VC's first full year in the NHL with the New York Rangers. He had twenty seven points. Oh, I was like, goals? Points. 27 points. Mm. Uh, William Nylander, uh, that same year. Uh, I'm just having a look here. 61. um, Mm -hmm. He had 61 points. So, but don't worry, VC caught up the next year with 28 points. Oh, boy. And then last year had 35 and has 14 this year in 45 games. Hey, that's... Right? I'm trying to math that. Oh, boy. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah, it wouldn't have gone well. But as for... Okay, the only minorly acceptable way to talk about a William Nylander trade. Very, it's a sliver. 
It's a sliver. Because we've talked about Janssen, we've talked about Kapanen, we've talked about Bracco, mm-hmm. and it's unanimous. that it, None of that is enough to get you a, throw a name out there, Alex Petrangelo, right? None of it is good enough to get you a player of that quality, a top two right-handed D. Right. So why not? Why not try for William Nylander since he has higher value? No team is making that trade. No team is, it's, there's a reason they're so hard to find. Mm-hmm. They're rare. Mm-hmm. They're rare. And I'm not saying William Nylander's skill set is common, but it's easier to find. It's easier to find a player who can do what he does than a certified top two right-handed D. I would also trade Nylander for Connor McDavid, you know? Yeah. That's a fair trade. Yeah, I would. Wow. Fair. And that's, that's, that's Nylander's like biggest supporter. You would make that trade. I, I would, 100%. Would, if they it, offered it would, McDavid for Nylander, would, I would do it. It would address the Oilers' wing issues on depth. It sure would. You know? And if there's anything good teams do, <laughs> it's take away from a strength to address a weakness. That's right. Jesse, yes. would, you trade for, would you trade William Nylander for Connor McDavid with his PCL snapped in half? Is that uh, it depends on if he wants to run in a pool a lot to rehab it or take surgery. Right. Mm. Right. Well, depends. Very good point. Depending on that answer, then we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right. Fair enough. Right. Adam, have you said yours yet? Uh, it is William Nylander. And the reason Whoa! I say that is he seems to be the guy playing most consistent right now. No, I feel like an idiot. Can I change mine? No, I think you made a good Beer point, angle. too. I think there can okay. be more than one. Mm-hmm. And that is why we like to live life generously and hand out cra- crowns royally. Yes. Get it? Yeah. Live I life get generously, it. and life will treat you royally. Why not put yourself in a front of crown royal? Why not? <clears throat> and that is... This, uh, that is uh, who wore the crown for this week, brought to you by Crown Royal. Next time the puck drops, why not live generously and treat your Leafs crew? You said it again. Crown Royal old fashioned. Who cares? You say it again. Now we go, why not? Thank you. We will not have one again until after the All Star game because this is our last show until next Monday after Steve is back. And I'm going to guarantee you something. Mm. Before you get, I know you got a point to make. Uh, It's not a point, it's a question. Okay, before you get in the question. Yes, yes, yes. I can guarantee you that Steve walks in next Monday and goes, oh, I'm so tired. I can just guarantee it. Because here's the thing. Steve's got layovers, Jesse, on that Sunday. Layovers. And Are we recording? We're recording Monday. Yeah. So you're not going to be back in time to do a Sunday afternoon show? No, because okay. he's I be have so, a layover. He's going to be so tired. Where's your Car- layover? North Carolina. So he's got to go fly south first and then fly north. Yeah. He's oh, flying oh, Missouri no. to Carolina to Toronto. Because uh, isn't there? There's an international hub there. I'm surprised they didn't put know. you through Chicago. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Uh, or even Minnesota. Right. Because you're already what, going to the other time zone, right? Yeah. So you might as well yeah. go to Chicago. Because there's like several international hubs when you fly around enough that you fly through. Like O'Hare is one of them. I forget what the Minneapolis St. Paul airport is, and I forget what the North Carolina one is. But you fly through those mm-hmm. to get everywhere, basically. And it's, and it's two and a half hours, so it's like. It's just long enough that you can't really leave and do anything, but it's so long that it's a shitty amount of time to be in an airport. It's great. It's cool. So you're going, so you only have layover when you're coming back. No, I have both. <laughs> oh, and you're going <laughs> yeah. 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 You're going to be with Sportsnet, though. You're going to have a bunch of people with you. I'll be with producer Drew, which yeah. to some of you means nobody. I'll be with someone who doesn't exist. A lot of people don't think pr- producer Drew exists, but he apparently is the guy you do the dang it's with. Yes, and hat picks. I've never seen him. Well, he's tall and handsome. Okay, sure. Have you, did you do dang it's today? 
No, uh, we're either going to have to do them from St. Louis or that's fun. Not do them this no, week. Uh, do them from St. Louis. Yeah, problem is, we have a ten-hour day on Thursday. <laughs> oh, wow. Jesse's going to be so tired. <laughs> All right, that's right. From you sound like you contracted tuberculosis every time you walk in here, Arthur Morgan. Sound an ass. Here's the thing, Jesse. What what time is it right now? It's three o'clock, right? It is. Time yes. to wake up this morning. I woke up at uh, three fifty. Oh, okay. Three fifty. Time are you day. at work? I get to work for five. Right. Yeah. So it's ten hour day for you. About the well, I got a break in between. Yeah. A couple hours. <laughs> you guys are the worst friends. You don't get him a pizza. I didn't get him a you pizza. You lambaste me, lambast. Is it lambaste or lambast? I don't, I don't is know. Is it lambast? Is it lambast? I've heard it both ways and is, they're both weird. Is right? one a present tense and one a past tense? And is it lamb are you basting a lamb? Yes. Is that oh, what it is? Term, yeah. you, you're literally dunking yeah? the lamb yeah. into You got yeah. Portuguese neighbors? Yeah? <laughs> I don't. Do you? So, or no, it was Macedonian. Oh, okay. Macedonian neighbors. Oh, they, they made like a lamb, lamb. once. They it, like was, lamb. it was very nice. Can our next crown be for the All-Star game? Sure, yeah. We'll pick an All-Star. Who wore the looked All-Star like they though. tried? Right. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, going, I'm giving it to someone in the skills comp. Oh, yeah, probably. It yeah. sounds, I'm excited because it sounds like it might actually be fun. I think, you know what, I think it is going to be fun. But we've talked about this a lot. You know, the All-Star Game, you know, I've bitched and whined and complained about it for a mm-hmm. long time. But I think it's great for the local market. It's great for where it is. They're great to be at. If it was in Toronto, yeah. if it's in New York, if it's in Pittsburgh, if it's wherever it is, it's it's great for that city. The NHL is very good at at um, putting on events for that market. Yes. Yeah. All we outdoor games are great. On that. Yeah. We always yeah. on the outdoor games, the all-star games are great for the city. Yeah. The, it just yep. it sucks everywhere else. Kind of translate, does not translate on TV as much. No. You don't get the energy. I think part of that has to do with the broadcast crews, to be honest with you. I don't think that they capture a lot of the energy and the fun and the party that that uh, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I know I'm going to piss some people off that we know, but I think that um, I don't think they do enough to really capture what All Star Weekend's about, and I think what if you mm-hmm. watch, it, you only have to uh, watch the NBA one to understand where the NHL needs to go with this and where broadcasters need to go with this. The NBA one is like it's like rock stars. It is just a different level. Now I understand that the NHL doesn't have a grip on pop culture right now the way the NBA does. <laughs> right. uh, the NBA is pop culture; it's mainstream culture. But yeah. still, in the early two thousands, it was all—it's all always just about the flash and the flare. Yes, you know they always just focus on, hey, this is just going to be a special thing outside of sports. We're just going to do something that's flashy, and we're going to have celebrities, and we're gonna just everybody's going to showcase their skills. It's never about like let's actually have a product. Yeah, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. And it's never about the game. It's always no. about. <laughs> Everything around the game right. except the game. And on on that, and going back to something we were talking about earlier, the the skills, whatever the hell they're planning on doing in the stands, like that to me is such a good idea. But we'll see if it's a good idea in practice, mm-hmm. right? Because it that sounds to me like the sort of thing that could be cumbersome and take too long and suck, or it could be really fun. I don't know. Is it like what if what if I don't know, one of the players doing it just hands their stick to a fan in the stands. It's great. They should. And they just, I don't know, they fling a puck in it. Can <laughs> hit, I Hit someone in the third row. <laughs> Can I take a guess? Sure. Sure. The NHL is going to screw up this people going into the yeah. stands. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see how Oh, no, we forgot this. to provide skate guards. Oh, uh, uh, no one thought of it. Long. Just trying you know? to control. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that they figured out that, that they'll have to do an event in between. Mm-hmm. So while the guys are going to position there, 
they'll have to do an event in between those guys that that's setting up. So whatever it is you're going to do, if that's going to be one of the marquee events, do what I don't even know what the events are anymore, to be honest with you, but like do something mm. while those guys are moving there. Please don't have a camera following them while we're waiting for something like you can c cut to them. And that sort of thing, but don't make it all about the the walk up the first concourse up to the because that will be boring. I don't, yeah. Because I was watching. You see any of the clips from the KHL All Star game? Yeah, it's been fun. It was fun. I mean, I, I didn't like the goalie shootout thing. I thought that was kind of stupid. And, yeah, and nothing really happened. But the I think if you're there, about it would be fun. The only thing about it, like, yes, in in there needs to be fun moments. But part of me was just like, oh, so you're just doing this for like the gifts? Yeah. Like, Which you like should, that's that's what they should be I, aiming for. I guess that is what they should right? be aiming. Like the the coach eating the 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 board. You, did you see that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, the, and I saw the uh, the dollar bill flip. Yeah, I haven't of, seen that. Instead of flipping a coin, they took like a paper bill. I don't know how much it was, but like say you take a fifty, <laughs> like a ruble, and then they yeah. tried to flip the fifty, and it landed on the side, like on the ice, so that it was nothing. Like, did it? Didn't it? Land on heads oh, I haven't tails. seen that. It's incredible. But like that's what the All Star game should give you. Just a gifable moment. They did have a, a position player play goalie, mm -hmm. which is something I've always wanted to see in the NHL. Mm -hmm. I, I'm dying to find out who can actually do it. And didn't he win in overtime or in a shootout? He made us, like, who knows how hard the shooter was trying, but right. it was it was Linus Omark, the, the former Oiler, who, you know, famous for his flashy shootout moves and, and everything like that. Uh, yeah, but, like, the save looked really nice. It, I don't know. I'd I'd kill to see something like that, mm -hmm. and or just it'd be funny. Like, what if you know you're in the stands and uh, oh, you know, you fake an injury. Oh, my back! I I can't take the shot. Is someone <laughs> could someone around and like Wayne Gretzky stands up oh, and he takes the stick and, yeah. and does That'd it? That'd be amazing. Or like Yager comes out from nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Matthew like, Kachuk. It's his. No, it's another All Star appearance for Yager. <laughs> Ma Matthew Kachuk is like, oh no, I can't do it. His I have dad. a stomachache. No. Oh, okay, that's, that's a better. A I was gonna suggest Zach Cassie. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think dad. that's gonna happen. No, yeah, his dad. Him. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that'd it be, would be awesome. Cool. I, uh, it, it, they, they could have, and it looks like they're open to having a little bit more fun with it, which is cool. It mm -hmm. just got so stale there for a few years until the John Scott stuff happened, and even then, mm -hmm. the John Scott stuff only happened because it was so stale. And, right, it and was a pushback. It yeah. was a pushback. It was fans rebelling. Yeah, and, and the year before that was Columbus, I think, and uh, the Kessel versus Sagan race, which was the first event and the peak. Yes. That's okay. It was the peak for I think everyone else. Mm -hmm. The local peak, the in arena peak, was um, Ryan Johansson, who was still with the Blue Jackets at the time, taking off his jersey and having the whatever the college football team is. Buckeyes. Yeah. Uh, oh. Ohio See, State, like yeah. you yeah, guys yeah, are yeah. like, oh yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. And the other one was they <laughs> pretended Johnny Gaudreau was a kid. No, you were telling a great story though. Super. No, interesting. this is what I'm saying though. It sucks. Locally, locally, that sounds amazing. Oh, the yeah. national. Oh, that's our football team. Right. They really play here. They the play here. <laughs> but everyone else is just like the Buckeyes aren't a team though. They're a religion. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're. I'll never understand that. Well, you. You won't understand it unless you grew up there, but I think I think you have to compare it to how you grew up watching the Leafs. No, I mean I I'll never understand high school and college football. Oh in yeah, the I feel like that's the way it should be. Like, wouldn't it be? be I feel like it'd be better if we were passionate about our school teams. Oh, but, it would be amazing. It would just be nice if they paid them. Well, and there's that. So I have a I have a moral dilemma with that, but uh, I still think they should pay them. But but especially football. 
football where yeah. you have like a shelf life of about three years and mm-hmm. you're destroyed. We got this thing at your locker where your hologram comes out and shakes your hand and makes you pancakes, but no. Somebody hey. gave him a hundred bucks once and now he's going to be suspended for the year. You you took free shoes? <laughs> <laughs> One second. One second. How about we strip your entire education? That's right, yeah. Oh, God. There's Stupid. a lot, and well, and I think too, like there, there's, there's um, yeah, there's a lot to be said for university sports, and I think the CIS is doing a much better job than they used to. Yeah, uh, finally, you can see the games on TV, and and uh, the CIS is our NCAA for anybody that doesn't know that. Um, I think it would be great if Canadian universities just joined in or had some sort of involvement in the NCAA if the NCAA wasn't so problematic, because it would be really great to have. The entire, you know, like North America, and then you've got Canadian schools competing against American schools, and that would bring inevitably bring the Canadian programs up. Yeah, well, and now there's there's more universities in the GTA for like XOHL players to play yeah. at. Yeah, for example, like um, I don't even is the U of T team a thing? But now that Ryerson's finally got Maple Leaf Gardens, mm-hmm. like they have an arena that's exciting. The that, <clears throat> Exciting that people can play at, and also UOIT has a team, and mm-hmm. I know some former OHL players play there and stuff. Yeah, I, but like I just I don't understand how rabid it is. Mm-hmm. Like even the most hardcore, like Jens fans, or any junior hockey teams fans, it's you're you're not even like casual high school football fans. I think that's I think that's America though versus Canada. I think we're right. a lot more, and forgive the term, but a lot more of that Protestant like. Yeah. No, everybody nope. sit down and shut up and I'm okay. enjoying this game. Don't stand up and get in my way. It's, Whereas, uh, like, it's like if you ever watch, you know, you want to see the difference between North America and Europe. Watch Live oh, Aid yeah. from 1985. You watch those. So you watch, you watch the, um, you know, some of the biggest bands in the world. And they started in, in North America, I believe. And uh, so they have. Shouldn't they be doing it the op- opposite way? I don't even, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, so anyway, they have these bands and they're coming out and, you know, the. Audience is like, yay. Hooray. And then you, you see the like the Queen performance. You see Mick Jagger yeah. and, and and you see Keith Richards and Ronnie Wood and you see uh Tina Turner and like in that and and like in Europe and the crowd is literally a wave of people. They're insane. And it's just there's a so there's European sports fans that I know about, they're mm-hmm. nuts. There's American sports fans about football, they're nuts. And then Canadians are just like, well, we're just going to sit here and enjoy and clap nicely. Yep. And apparently, I was reading uh, when I was reading the Motley Crue book, um, they talk about how when they used to go to Japan, the belief was that the cultural thing there at the time, and I don't know if this is still the case, was that you didn't say anything during the song because you were supposed to listen to the song. So they'd be playing the music, mm-hmm. nobody would be saying anything, but you could hear a pin drop, and then the eruption would have to happen after the song. That was great! Yes. <laughs> but they were not... So you imagine, right? Like, they try to get people to sing along, and they're like, eh, Dr. Feelgood, and they're like trying to put the mic out, and everybody's like, no, 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 like, please sing it. Don't. We don't want to get in your way. <laughs> He's the one that called, doctor. <laughs> He's the one that makes you feel... <laughs> And then afterward, he's like, "Oh man, these guys hit a yeah, yeah." So anyway, <laughs> wild. Wow. It's just a, it's just a different. It's different cultures, right? It's different yeah. kind of ways of handling games. Also, now, I think at the top of the list of most fanatic sports fans, South American soccer fans. Oh, they well, have literal fences that have to be put up so people yeah. don't, don't catch people other. on fire. Yeah, the, like, the ref is missing. Right. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yes. yes. No. Well, I remember growing up, there was a, d- a defender that accidentally scored an own goal, and he died the next day. 
Oh my! He God. was assassinated. Oh. Like it's the South American fans are crazy. The worst I've heard of. Well, who was the CFL? Who was the? Wasn't it a Rough Riders kicker? He missed. He missed a field goal. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this is I shouldn't be laughing, but because it's Saskatchewan and there's you know it's just tons of pissed off farmers. When I guess the football team loses, they dump manure on his lawn. <laughs> Oh, wow, that wasn't oh, that long ago. That, it was within it was within the last ten years. That's shitty. Oh, ah, what up, up, Hey, we'll be back after the All Star break. Uh, think yeah, that's, that's the end of it. Yeah, that's uh, it. We can go. Speaking of All Star break, I hope because last year the thing that I remember remember most, like when I'm like, oh, 2019 All Star game. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of? What do I, I think? I nothing. I couldn't tell you who won a single game. I couldn't tell you who won a single event. What I remember is Kendall Coyne oh, be winning the fastest duh. skater. All that, yeah. And then Wait, sorry, we only talked about that for a month. not being really timed, and then everybody trying to get her the money and all that stuff. So I hope, like, this year they just make everything right. And there's no I ass. think they you got rem- it now. You don't yeah. remember a controversy out of an all-star game? Like, that was uh, that was so depressing. Well, And when, what, wasn't... Wasn't part of the controversy that not all of it was televised? Yeah, so she, her her uh, her lap wasn't on broadcast or something like that, which is like ridiculous. She just did the test run or something mm-hmm. like that, and it wasn't officially timed, but people timed oh. it in the arena, and then it was a whole mess. It, okay, yeah, I remember that. And well, that and that's a broadcast lesson learned, though. Right. Like, I mean, maybe they just didn't expect her to smoke everybody. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah. Win it, but apparently not win it, but did win it, and right. yeah, depends whose and, friggin' phone well, you go maybe, by. Maybe mm-hmm. react on the fly too. Like if you if she won it, you know that night. Like the NHL head office knew that night they could have they could have taken that ball and run with it. and They didn't. That's the that's their biggest problem too. Is they just I don't think that they're in touch with what the average fan wants, and um, they 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 miss huge promotional opportunities out of their own obstinacy. So it's it's like they they do. They, what was the? There's a Winston Churchill quote about America that I think applies here. He said, "America, America will do the right thing after ex- it's exhausted every other opportunity not to do the right thing." Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a Winston that's Churchill That's a paraphrase, thing? but that's essentially and what he was he saying. And then he said, "Build a long road in Mississauga." That's after right. Me. Yeah. <laughs> and they did. Winston Churchill. That was with his dying breath. Yeah. <laughs> Everything he's done. Mississauga <laughs> with a very long road. <laughs> That goes from Lake Shore all the way up to Steeles. Please and thank you. <laughs> and I want it in an area of the of the greater Toronto region where everything is five or six lanes wide and no one moves. Not a single person. You're like, look at all these lanes, it'll be fine, and it never is. No, it never is. Well, never. Because it's a proven fact that adding more lanes to a highway does not... Take care of traffic. You need public transit. It just doesn't mathematically work. But anyway. Oh, well, Toronto's in great shape, though. Oh, no, for sure. And now, so here's the thing. What I, what I mean by kidding. that... Just kidding. We're fucked. Anyway, yes. Uh, what I mean by that, and why I mean bringing up that paraphrasing of a very famous Winston Churchill quote, is that um, the NHL seems to do that, too. Against... The NHL will do the right thing kicking and screaming. Like, right. what do you mean we have to donate to charity? What do you mean we have to give Ken- Kendall Coyne a, uh, a thing? What do you mean we have to allow a player who was voted on to show up? Yeah. Exactly. But not before we demote him to a lower level. Right. Yeah, Get not- him traded, demote him to a lower level, call him and say, I don't think your daughters are going to be proud oh, yeah. of you. Yeah, not, not before there's, like, literally a conspiracy to trade him, allegedly. Allegedly, we don't know that you know. Oh, just yeah. maybe. Who well, knows? It's a, that's who why knows? it's a conspiracy. You don't have to say allegedly. Oh, it's a conspiracy. No. Yeah, that's true. Tinfoil hat. 
Infowars sticker, all that shit. <laughs> John Scott and black helicopters. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I I think it's... I have faith in this one. It oh, feels like it's yeah. going to be fun. A little more okay. prepared, I think. I think you, you also added a bit of excitement because you're going to be there. For sure. <laughs> For sure. For sure. For sure. I'm a bad traveler. I like I like I said I I hate going to the gym. This I like pla- being this at it. The plane is going too fast. <laughs> yeah, no, too slow. It's always too slow. Oh, okay. Well, on the highway, I'm you're, always you're like, too slow. how long have we been in the air? Oh, seven minutes. Bad, uh, <gasps> I love planes. You're a bad traveler. You're a bad commuter. You're a bad driver. Those are all the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so when I was over at Steve's house on Saturday, um, his his lovely wife, who I haven't seen in forever, and it was just so nice to hang out. Um, she, we were talking about something last week where you came home and you were grumpy uh, because oh. the commute had been bad. And she's like, he's just such a piss baby sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, no, so I got home from that and it was like I hadn't even taken my coat off and the Panthers scored and then the Panthers scored and then the Panthers yeah, scored. It, it was. was that night. I was like, just fuck everything. <laughs> it should not take an hour and a half to get... Anyway. I read a book recently called The Four Agreements and one of the four agreements... By the way, highly, Where do you get these books? highly recommend it. The library? I read, I read all bullshit. the time. iTunes. Uh, hi, yeah, mm-hmm. iTunes. Um, Why I don't you re- just read my book over and over again? Because <laughs> it's not Harry Potter. <laughs> wow. wow. Uh, I'm kidding. No, it's a great book. But what I'm saying is the, the four agreements, one of them is take nothing personally. That means negatively or positively. Mm-hmm. So if somebody says something terrible to you, they're trying to send you poison... Don't take it personally. Mm -hmm. If someone says something positive to you, they're trying to send something good. But again, what people say about you has nothing to do with you. Is there a Twitter logo on the front cover of this book? No, no. But the reason I say this is is that um, Steve, what I realized when I was over at his house on Saturday night against the Blackhawks, is Steve takes every Leaf goal against personally. (laughs) Like it's a personal insult. Whenever someone blows coverage, I'm like, you Fucking you, you just you spat in my face. You did that to me on purpose, you Martin s- Marincin, you immature oh. hack. <laughs> what does he have against me? What does he have against me, Martin Marincin? Kyle Dubas is employing Cody Cece right now mm-hmm. because he's mad at Steve for something that he said in one of his videos. I'm sure of it. He, oh, listen, and did you see that he's starting to transition away from the glasses? Because I wear those glasses now. Oh. And until they're in a playoff spot, he doesn't freaking deserve them. So he got one got LASIK. He better have. Wow. Are you going to go back on your promise to never go to a Leaf game? If CC's That involved. was not the promise. <laughs> okay. The promise that? was if the Leafs re-sign Cody CC. Ah, yes. Oh, yes. I will not go to another Leaf game, asterisk, unless I'm paid. Okay. Because that's the most ridiculous thing what I've ever heard. What if they re him for like 700 grand? No. All right, all right. Going to dwell. If that's the best... If that's the best... Okay, so... Gotten hot water at the beginning of the season for criticizing the Oilers for that's the best group of wingers you could surround McDavid and Drysaddle with. Like for real, for real, that's the best group you could do. None of them were necessarily bad, but it's just that's the best group you had. If Cody Cece is the best right-handed shot defenseman available, and they sign him, and people go, "Well, it was the best option available," they didn't do their damn job. I'm sure you could get a better right-handed option at yes! the KHL or even Liga. Honestly, yes! I think you could. Just need someone who could skate and, and pass a puck. Th- yes! Backwards crossovers and shit. What's Callie Rosen doing after this year? I'm sure you could get him back. Um, There's one. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, uh, anyway, anyway, I wanted to, I, 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 because there wasn't a lot of games, 
Uh, by the way, Kadri scored his 17th goal last night. He has more goals now with the Avs than he did with the Leafs the entire last season. So just throwing Whoa. that out there. What? Uh, yeah. He didn't have he a lot didn't of goals ha- last year. He didn't he have a good season. goals last year? No. No. He, he, no, he, uh, no way! He, he had 16. trouble... He had trouble finding wow. uh, even strength ice time, and he, as I remember... You know, it's funny funny that he had trouble finding even strength ice time, because it was clearly available, it's just that Mike Babcock chose not to play him. Right. Well, there was that. And also, uh, the power play wasn't very good, if I remember, no. and the power play goals they did score, he had nothing to do with. Like, right. he would never pick up an assist. He... I don't know. Tavares scored so many fucking goals at the front of the net that they never needed the bumper. It was right. 47 yeah. for Tavares. Yeah, and he was always the net front guy, and Kadri was the, the slot guy. Right. So, but that just that slipped my Leaf history completely. Yeah, I didn't slipped. realize it was that yeah, bad. Was I thought he had 32 goals. And then right. He had 16. fewer goals than Kapanen? He did. Now, if you look at... So here's last year's stat line. You ready? 73 games, 16 goals, 28 assists, 44 points. Respectable. But How many points? Uh, 44. Man. So third line center, third line center, respectable, yeah. Yeah, that's what Kerfoot would get, and so what Kadri was being paid, like going into last season, we would have said, well, that's one of the better deals in the NHL. Mm -hmm. But based on what he was paid last year, that's about what you would expect, right? Now imagine four points is what you expect. Now hang on, okay, hang on, okay. (laughs) This year at four and a half million dollars, I believe, is what he's making. Yep, forty-six games, seventeen goals, fourteen assists, thirty-one points already. So if he gets, let's say, you double that minus a few. You're talking just less than 60 points, and his career high is 61. So he is going to be right up there with one of the best seasons he's ever had now with the Avs. And all the way. Totally expected. And just throwing this out there, too, he had 43 penalty minutes last year. He already has 89 this year. But I believe one of those is like a there's a misconduct in there or something. Uh, He beat the shit out of someone for hitting. Uh, he stuck up for a teammate in a fight. I can't remember who it was. It was December. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, against the Rangers. And there was one recently, too, where he beat the. Pulp out of somebody. Lindgren. Something Lindgren. Yeah. I forget. There's a lot of Lins. Lindholm, Lindgren. There sure is. It's trendy. The Leafs have one in their system. They have a Jesper Lindgren. There you go. Nope. Nope. They don't. I think that's the Ranger guy. I don't know. Anyway, um, imagine, Adam, and you brought this up, and now I'm going to make it real. Uh Uh-oh. Hyman, Tavares, Marner. That's the Leafs' top line last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Nylander, Matthews, Kadri. Would have been great. They never even tried it. Nope. They never nope. even well, no, tried, tried it. Why try when you can Babcock? <laughs> Why not? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> never even tried it. And then you have center, mm-hmm. but you give him no help. You only give him Janssen and Kapanen. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. Um, Sean Mathias actually wrote an article on the on his the coaches that he played under um, best to worst in uh, for DeanBlundell.com. He would have had he did yeah he, he would have had I know uh, I was like I was like oh I didn't know that they were working together but anyway he he, he would have had Babcock the fifteen sixteen yes season. yeah and he said Babs his biggest problem is his ego he's got an enormous ego and he said the the sports psychology thing which Babcock has he's got a degree in that he said you'd think that would be helpful but it's probably one of the least helpful things he said it was very very wow. difficult. He's like, you, you, they, they basically, they used to go to the steam room to get away from him because, you know, like sometimes the guys go eat in the lunchroom and the coach sort of leaves them alone so they can have some time to talk and hang. Yeah. Get, Babs wouldn't do that. He'd just be standing there looking at them. So they would go, he's like, there'd be like 15 or 16 guys in the steam room just to get a minute, <laughs> which is sort of funny. I was like, wow. All right. Damn. So that really was a problem. <laughs> Jesus. That man. 
I got a speeding ticket when I was 18 and I stayed at work two hours late just so I wouldn't have to go home and face my parents. Mm -hmm. That was there every day, but with Babcock and as adults. Yes. <laughs> brutal. Absolutely Holy shit. brutal. Um, so the Leafs are a couple points out of the playoffs. Um, and I like that Greg Wyshynski does this stuff because it was stuff because Greg and and I think Jeff Merrick too. It's funny that they used to be on a podcast together. Greg's friendship tour. They are the yeah Greg's friendship tour. They are the guys that consistently put forward ideas, concepts, and then and then you know beat those drums that can be very unpopular. And one of them is the three two one point system, which a lot of mm -hmm. people have talked about for a long time. So this mm -hmm. is where you would get uh, what is it three points for a win. Three points for a regulation win, two points for an overtime or shootout win, mm -hmm. one point for an overtime or shootout loss, and then zero for a regulation loss. So Nailed you, it. so you, lose a point if you go in overtime, right? So that really pushes the game to get really strong right. at the end of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then you know what if you're pushing for that point and you make a mistake and all of a sudden instead of three you got nothing because oh, yeah. you blew it with like twenty seconds left. It's good. It's good. It's good. So. Um, Greg put out for ESPN.com how the standings would be different right now if uh, it was a 3-2-1 system. Interesting. Now, you have to keep in mind that the um, the point system, like the points explode because there's teams in the 90s already with points, right? This, because a lot of re regulation wins. This is the problem, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it, it well, is I don't the, think that's a problem. I think it's just a different point scoring system. It's the opposite of what the NHL wants, though. Like that little, that shot of, I think the top team in the Pacific had 58 and then there were like four or five other teams with 57. Yeah. That's exactly what they wanted. And then you have to be okay with blowing out every uh, team point record in the books. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I think you just, the record I think book you just, is written off. Yeah. Right. Well, I think you just start a new record. That's the old record book. This is the new yeah. record book. Right? As long as the NHL is okay to change. Which they're not. Which we don't think they are. I think. No. Now I'm a big proponent of wins and losses. Did you win or did you lose? Me too. Game's back, yep. right? It's baseball, it's basketball. It seems to work the best, it's the easiest, and you can explain it to people that don't understand. But under a 3-2-1 point system, I wanted to kind of go through each division and, and tell you about how it would look. Interesting. So if we're looking at... Um, if did, did he arrange it by points percentage? Or this is no, just, just points? points. Just, just points. points, okay. Oh, God, can you imagine if he did it by points percentage? Then no one could understand it. <laughs> so, okay, we're going to start with the Pacific Division where the LA Kings are currently last, and they still would be last. Anaheim would be second last, same. San Jose third last, same. Calgary Flames, interestingly, which are tied currently with Vegas and Arizona for third, fourth, and fifth. Um, they would be, uh, I guess, they would be fifth in the division. Coyotes would be fourth. Vegas would be um, third. And they'd all be, Vegas and uh, Arizona would each have a couple more points than Calgary because of the regulation wins. And then it'd be Vancouver and Edmonton. So it is exactly, almost the exact same. The only difference is the point spread. So the top team in the division would be Vancouver with 79. The bottom team would be LA with 54. Um, in the real world, it's 58 points for Vancouver and 41 for LA. Still, still a large gap. Wow. So, what's uh, what is the point gap between Vancouver and uh, Calgary right now? Like no, in no, the real in, NHL? in the new system, Vancouver and Calgary uh, would be they they're five points different. So, a win, a regulation win, and an overtime win in the three point system. And now it's one. So they have five yes. points under three, two, one, and it'd be one. Yeah. Interesting. That's why the NHL wants it the way it is. Uh, in the Central Division, 
Uh, you'd have the Predators with 70 at the bottom, Minnesota with 70 at the bottom. Uh, currently in the NHL, both are at the bottom. However, Nashville um, has one more point than Minnesota uh, under the NHL's current system. So in this one, they'd be tied for the bottom. Um, you've got the Blackhawks with uh, tied with the Jets. Making a move, by the way. We were picking them they apart are, the other episode. They're making a move, but they've got 54 points. I think we can... Yeah, eh, we'll see. Um, they uh, they both are tied in the three point system and in the current system with fifty four and seventy three, I believe seventy two. Uh, and then you got the stars, abs, and blues in that order. Three, two, one. Stars, abs, blues. And by the way, the central looks exactly the same. Stars, abs, blues for the top. And this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to go through this because you know we've advocated for this system, uh-huh. but Greg's. I don't know if this is Greg's point in the full article. I'll be honest Nothing with you. Nothing would too, change. Too many words. Nothing's changed. It needs to be significant, and it just doesn't seem like it would be. It doesn't It doesn't seem significant. And again, we'll do a check-in at the end of the season. I'm sure Greg will post this. So we'll go to the Metro next. The Devils would be at the bottom. The Caps would be at the top. Here's how it looks currently. you got the Devils at the bottom of both. you got the Rangers second from the bottom with at both. Now, here's the difference, though. Um, no, you got no. Sorry, I got mine. You got my numbers mixed up. Philadelphia, third last, fifth in the division. So I guess fifth uh, would be Carolina, and they are still fifth in the other thing. Yeah, uh, the Islanders and Columbus though they switch spots. So Columbus would have eighty points. The Islanders would have seventy nine. Uh, in real life, the Islanders, sorry, the uh, the Blue Jackets have sixty, and the Islanders have sixty one. And then you got Pittsburgh and Washington at the top. Pittsburgh would be. Eight points behind the um, the caps in this new system. Uh, they are four points behind the caps in the current system. And then lastly, <clears throat> I'll just kind of run it down for the Atlantic division. You've got Detroit at the bottom, obviously. Then you've got Ottawa second from the bottom, obviously. Nothing's changed there. Montreal third from the bottom. Nothing's changed there. Buffalo uh, fifth. Uh, Toronto fourth. Oh. Uh, and, and in this system, it's interesting. Toronto would be... One point behind the Florida Panthers. So they'd currently, be better. Well, one, yeah, they'd be, but they're ter- currently two points behind the Panthers. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Better. It'd be a little better. Two's bigger than one. Uh, and then you got the Lightning and Bruins. Math. Uh, in the exact same spot. So there are like, I think I named four teams that are out of position there. The three two one point system does not change a single thing. No, which brings us back to wins and losses. And unfortunately, this little exercise changes nothing because we don't know what these games would result in if it were continuous overtime or seven minute overtime or 10 minute overtime or if we just allowed ties but the discrepancy between the team with the least amount of loser points so overtime losses shootout losses the discrepancy between the team with the least amount of loser points and the most is three versus 12 that's That's huge. huge Carolina, who's fighting for their playoff lives right now, has the least amount of loser points in the entire NHL with three. Mm -hmm. Boston, who is now all of a sudden in this really interesting race for first in the division with Tampa Bay, could come down to the wire. Boston has 12. They have six wins worth of losses. That's garbage. So they've had 12? Overtime losses. Or shootout losses. Yes, they have wow. more overtime or shootout losses than regulation losses. The record is 28, 10, and 12. That's crazy. It's So you look at that and you go, oh my God, 28 and 10, they're absolute world beaters. Nobody's going to beat them. In reality, they're 28 and 22. 
Like, what was that again? They're, they're wow. 28, 10, and 12. They have 28 wins, 10 losses, and 12 funsies. We get a point losses. Wow. <laughs> so, okay. Ah, this is... <laughs> and the Blues, too. Blues, you look at them. 30, 11, and 8. Great, great record. You cannot beat them. But it's really 30 and 19, which is actually... it's it, 30 and 19 is a lot better than 28 and 22. They have this same amount of friggin' points. Mm-hmm. With 68. And I'm not going to uh, excuse the Leafs from that conversation. They are... Tampa would be top of the division if we were wins and losses. Because yeah. they'd be and, 29 and 19. And I'll throw this out there, too. The Bruins have 12 loser points. The next closest team are the, the Blues, Blue Jackets, and Sens with 8. They have two wins... More worth of losses Man. than the next closest team. If the loser point, it's not the three-two-one system that we need to go to. That the loser point sucks. It's good that we have the regulation win as mm. the tiebreaker, but it's it's just not good enough. Just dog it for the last. Look at the clock. Pay attention to how the how the game's going. You need to risk it. Nah. Why risk it? Just literally point out of this. rag right. the puck for the final 10 minutes of the game, five minutes of the game, whatever it happens to, to be, get it to overtime, see what happens. You at least get a point. Secure a point. They're, do, they're doing what they got to do. Well, they're doing I, the smart I, thing. I, I, I agree with that. I think the NA, it's funny that the NHL wouldn't do everything it can to make the game more exciting. The Blue Jackets, too. Blue Jackets, again, the, we're talking about the wild card now with the Leafs in the picture. They've played one more game than the Leafs. They're three points up. They have uh, they have more loser points, right? Like the loser point could potentially decide the first overall pick this year. The Sens have eight. The Red Wings have four. You know what I mean? The Red Wings are twenty eight points. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Okay, if the Red Wings don't get the first overall pick this year, it's not fair. The <laughs> the Red Wings have. Oh my God! Okay, we're about to enter a new conversation. Here. What's this? I what didn't realize it? how. This is stunning. The twenty-eight points. I was talking about how bad the Sens are. The Sens are twenty-eighth in a thirty-one team league, with forty-two points. Horrible. The two teams behind them are tied for second last. New Jersey and LA both have forty-one points. Detroit has twenty-eight. Wow. They have not broken 30 when no other team in the NHL has failed to break 40. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, and that goes a shout out to all the Detroit fans who got super mad at us when we said the Marlies could beat them. The Marlies could absolutely beat the Detroit Red Wings. I, I mean, I don't care. I don't care. Sorry. They've also had a ridiculous amount of injuries. So, and if that we're talking matter. about. They're still bad. I know. Man. Come if, on. If we're talking about real wins, they have the least. They have 10, and the next closest team has 13. Holy shit. They've won one mm-hmm. in regulation 10 out of 50 games. They win one out of every five. Holy shit. Yeah, but to me. Well, like Mike Babcock used to say, take every season five games at a time, right? And they're going, <laughs> they're 20%. What? Remember my, Mike Babcock? That was his No, thing. it was six. Five, no, it was five it? games at a time. Oh, was yeah, it five? It was a five game, yeah. Friggin' guy. Friggin' guy. <laughs> but that, what was funny is, as it, 
in the first season in in sixteen seventeen, it's like yeah, we could maybe make the playoffs if mm-hmm. if we do that. Mm-hmm. And then like four years later, we're like, we might miss the playoffs mm-hmm. if we do that. What are you talking about? It was a, it was like a ninety six point pace or something right, like that. Right. I'm yeah. looking up something on Hockey DB for a second here. What are you trying to find? Well, let me ask you this. Ask it. The Detroit Red Wings in the in the um, in the eighties were known as the Dead Wings. They were bad. They missed the playoffs five years in a row at a time when it was pretty tough to miss the playoffs. Sixteen teams made it. There were twenty one in the league. And listen, the Leafs were no better. The Leafs sucked. Also, can you please stop using? This is so stupid. I get this all the time. I criticize a team, and they're like, "Yeah, but the Leafs aren't even a playoff position." So what? The criticism still stands. Oh, like guys, we are Leaf fans here, but okay, now we're talking (laughs) about this other thing. Yeah, which is still relevant. I got Doesn't, I got a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans like well and I'm whoa. like no 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 here we're not we're not talking about them let's as a Toronto person let me tell you we talk about the Leafs too much folks mm-hmm. yeah now the the Red Wings lost missed a lot of playoff hockey in the 70s from 70, 70 71 to 76 77 they did not make the playoffs so that's seven years in a row and then the the next year they make the playoffs. And then they miss is, it again. There's like no teams in years. this league. No, it's terrible. Um, and so, not, starting from 1980 and going right to 1989, the Red Wings made the playoffs three times. And that was when they started to kind of coin the Dead Wings era. Now, they missed the playoffs again this year, which is going to happen. How you many, never know. How many more times? St. Louis. How many more times do the Red Wings have to mi- miss the playoffs in a row for this to be the second coming of the Dead Wings era? Oh, I think it, three, three more times. It have to if be they, a lot more. If they miss the playoffs five years in a row, it's not the new Dead Wings. No, well, because this is very intentional. If if it becomes apparent that Eisenman's doing a crappy job, the last job, three years were not intentional. No, the last three years were Ken Holland going, I don't know what I'm doing. So I would say this is the bottom. This is the bottom of the canyon, and everything from here on out. If everything goes according to plan, is their journey up? Is that unfair? We'll see if they go up. And I'll I be mean, very surprised. I would if they be don't. too. I would be too. But yeah, they so. still have to do it. It'd be difficult. You legitimately to difficult it. to do Remember, worse than they did this year. Now listen, Toronto's been a bit weak, but you've got a resurgent Florida team. You've got a Toronto team that's been strong for a few years. You've got a Boston team that's extremely strong, and you've got a Tampa team that's extremely strong. How are the Red Wings? The Red Wings are going to really have to compete. And I think they miss the playoffs next year too. I don't think they're. Yeah. This is not a. This is not a team that could turn it around in one summer, guys. Sure. Missing the playoffs five years in a row isn't missing the playoffs fifteen out of seventeen years. Not equivalent. Who did that? The Detroit Red Wings. Oh, Detroit the, 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 the Sorry, I was like, that, wait, that sounds like you know the what? Leafs. Is it the Leafs? <laughs> no, okay. There needs to be a hockey book on bad owners. Because oh. there was. Bad. I'm sure there are. The Hawks have had bad ownership oh, in the yeah. past. The Red Wings have had terrible ownership. The Leafs have had terrible ownership. The Sens, terrible ownership. And the correlation between bad owners and bad teams. I don't know why nobody's written a book on that. But there needs to be like a bad owner, bad team, like Bible. Look at the Cleveland Browns. Oh, I don't know. Ooh. I don't know what this book was about, uh, but I saw NHL uh, history girl, mm-hmm. Jen. She was tweeting about a book about the Rangers from the 70s called We Did Everything But Win. (laughs) (laughs) Or something like that. I just thought that was really funny. Oh, and it had a story in it about Tim Horton that I wanted to bring up on the podcast. Okay. And I will abbreviate it. But basically, 
um, he tried to buy like a soda from a from a vending machine. And, and he's playing in New, New York or Buffalo at this point. Great question, Adam. Okay. And and the soda machine ate his dollar. Okay. And so he's like, I'll try it again. And so he puts another dollar in, and it ate that dollar, too. Yeah, so he played he, from the Rangers, sorry, Rangers from 69 to 71. Go so ahead. there it is. So he calls the front desk. He's like, hey, your machine ate my dollar. And they go, we're too busy. Uh, we can't deal with that right now. So, sorry, it just ate your dollar. We'll have to deal with it later. So Tim Horton notoriously would have been the biggest monster in the NHL if he just had a mean bone in his body. Mm-hmm. He was just... The world's strongest man. Yep. But gentle. Yes. He picked the vending machine up. Wow. Put it in the elevator and sent it to the lobby. Wow. <laughs> Holy. And he, and he said, crazy. he said, all right, now fix it. <laughs> wow. That's man, that's cool. What a gronk. That. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Everything about him was gronk. He's got, he had the gronk body and the gronk head. You look at his head. He couldn't have been anything but a grunk. It was ridiculous. Anyway. From uh, from 68 to 78, the Detroit Red Wings had 10 different head coaches. They had a new head coach every single season. Maybe this one. Nuh-uh. <laughs> Maybe this. Uh. You Maybe. did that for 10 years straight. <laughs> like scratch tickets. Yeah. This is the one where I'm a millionaire. Right. No. Yeah. This is the one where I'm a. Uh. This would have been the Bruce Norris era. That was the, uh, that was, the owner? That's who owned it, yeah. So uh, Was that the era, era, was that the era where there were two divisions and it was basically the original six division and the expansion division? I, yes. So that would have, we're talking about revamping the point system and the standings and all that. Imagine being a Detroit fan back then. Mm-hmm. And every year it's, okay, so Bruins, Habs... So there's two spots gone automatically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the Leafs, who were coming out of a pretty good era, mm-hmm. entering a not-so-good one, and the Blackhawks and Rangers, basically. Yeah. Like, how many teams made the playoffs? Yep. Was yep. it two or three? Because two of those spots are basically spoken for right off the bat. So Couldn't have been fun. I'm just looking at this now. Yeah, so the Bruce Norris... The, you know, obviously the Norris Trophy is named after his... Brother uh, of Chuck, yes. Yeah, after James Norris. I believe his half-brother, <laughs> wasn't it? Uh, yeah, James Norris. Yeah, Bruce, Chuck. James, and Chuck. Um, they owned it for almost 50 years, and they sold it to Mike Illich in 82. And so, I'm just kind of looking at this. So, they're in the Hall of Fame and that sort of thing, but um, it seems like... Yeah... I, I, there's not a whole lot on the Wikipedia page on it, but I would I would assume that they went through a lot of the same things the Leafs did in the Dead Wings era. You would think. Yeah. Where one factor in the Red Wings' decline was the end of an old developmental system. Another factor was Ned Harkness, who was hired as coach in 1970 and promoted to GM midway through the season. A successful hockey college coach, sorry, college hockey coach, Harkness tried to force his two-way style of play on veteran Red Wings teams resistant to change. They chafed under his rule and demanded... Uh, when, and he demanded short hair and no smoking. And put other rules in place for drinking <laughs> drinking and phone calls. What? Yeah, I'm looking this up. Let me, let's let's have some fun with this. Hang on. All right, all right. Um this is from an article in two thousand eight. Oh no. Okay, so I can't I can't look it up. Uh but I, I guess he had a, a really he was forced to resign in seventy four, ending a uh a uh <laughs> a colloquial de- 
era in Red Wings history referred to as darkness with Harkness. <laughs> uh, Red Wings acquired uh, star left winger Frank Mahovlich from the Leafs after 68. Um, traded to Montreal. Yeah, so they don't say a lot about the Dead Wings era, but the era lasted from 67 to 82. So we'll see. There you go. So, uh, so you mentioned the crumbling development system. Mm-hmm. It was such a cheat code for a bunch of teams. Uh the Leafs basically had the pick of the litter for the Ontario-born players. Wasn't there an actual bylaw that if you were Quebecois, you had to play for the Montreal Canadiens? You, they up had to, to be a able certain to draft point? you. They had the first, I believe they had the first pick of the Quebecois players. So you have what? dibs yeah. on one of the g- greatest regions of hockey players yes. on earth. Yes. And, and was, the idea was, and part of that was was there was a, it was, it was less about, I believe, um, and, and I could be wrong on this, but I believe it had less to do with the fact that um, not just for the francophone players to play at home, which yeah. obviously would have been a big deal, right? Mm. Obviously, playing for your hometown team is a big deal. Of course. But I think it had a lot to do with the fact that there were a lot of people that were anti-francophone back in the day. Probably. And, and there was lots of that going on. And it's like, nah, keep them there, which was a bad decision. Yeah, they should <laughs> not they have. they were pretty amazing. And it reminded me of something. This was written, this was posted by John Kreiser on... History's t- terrible. I, oh. Right? <laughs> It's, oh, Jesse! Every, every time you say a new thing, you're just like, "Wow, it gets worse." Yeah. It is about to. Oh, wow. So this was written September third, uh, two thousand nineteen, but it's a this date in history. Mm-hmm. So again, development, right? Getting guys at a young age. Mm-hmm. This date in history, September third, nineteen sixty six. Bobby Orr, an 18-year-old defenseman, signs a two-year contract with the Boston Bruins, mm-hmm. beginning a new era in the NHL. A new what? Era in the NHL. That was a good one. The Bruins haven't qualified for the Stanley Cup playoffs since 1959. So that's seven years. Oh, gosh. Wow. Spend months haggling with Orr and his agent, Alan Eagleson, before coming to terms on a contract that pays him $70,000 plus a signing bonus. Probably a a coupon. Uh, A hat. a, A hat. Orr has been... Or has been property of the Bruins since age 14. <laughs> when he signs a contract Dear to play God. Junior A with the Boston-sponsored Oshawa Generals of the Ontario Hockey League. <laughs> so, the Leafs get their pick of the litter. I believe they turned down Bobby Orr, if I remember that correctly. The Habs get their pick of the litter for the Francophone players. And the Bruins have had one of the, arguably the greatest players in hockey history since he was a 14-year-old boy. They, they still kind of do that in soccer with the development camps for that the the big clubs have, you know? Isn't it a baseball sign. thing, too? Yeah, but you, I think it's like 16, you got to sign a player out of, like, the Dominican oh. or those... That's like what they did with the. But yeah, that's how the Leafs got Vladdy. Vladdy, who the Leafs, Blue Jays. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can't yeah. do that anymore, right? That's now. No, they can still do it. You can still do that. Yeah, yeah. But in soccer, I know, like it, you'll get down to ages as young as like twelve and fourteen. And it's like there's scholarships stuff. going to children. Right. Children. You don't know. It's a kid. Let him go to school. That's so ridiculous. But like, <laughs> if you don't have it, if you didn't have a developmental system back then. That's it. You don't have a hockey team. Yeah, like true. You don't have some grizzly scout over in Russia. And first of all, they would never go to Russia <laughs> under any circumstances. And he's certainly not going from game to game, finding you some guy with a little bit of pop. Do you have more Red Wings facts for us? I'm Alan? looking up Ned Harkness stuff right now. Okay. So I guess... pretty juicy. Um, 
So I guess this is really good. Part of the reason Gordie Howe left the Red Wings organization is because of Ned Harkness. Oh, interesting. And let me read this part. From, this is from Bleacher Report. This is the five worst coaches in Red Wings history. So he is number one, by the way, listed as Detroit's worst head coach. Ned Harkness. A is highly Babcock st- on that list? He is not. Okay. Harry Neal is, though, <laughs> at number three. Mid-80s coach Harry Neal, then became broadcaster. Ned Harkness was a highly successful college coach, mainly at Cornell, where his star goalie, some guy named Ken Dryden, who's ever heard of him, helped the Big Red win the NCAA championship. The Red Wings' brain trust was led by an executive executive named Jim Bishop, who was a lacrosse guy, as was Harkness before he made his name in hockey. Bishop decided to make Ned the first NHL coach who made the jump from college when Bishop hired Harkness summer of 1970. Uh, the 6970 Red Wings made the coach under uh, GM coach Sid Abel, but apparently Sid's longstanding relationship with the organization meant nothing. Uh, so, and Bishop really wanted Harkness. So Harkness's rah-rah attitude rubbed veteran Red Wings guys the wrong way, to say the least. Then Ned got into a spat with Star Center Gary Unger about the length of Unger's hair. By Christmas, the losses were piling up. Mattingly, shave those sideburns. <laughs> and the team uninspired. Uh, uh, Abel, who was still the GM, became concerned. It was clear the players despised him. After a 13-0 blowout loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto, January 2nd, 1971. Uh, was that Sittler night? I, I don't that, know. That. that he was. That was against Buffalo. Um, no, it was against uh, it was Boston. It was the 10-point the night, and Don Cherry so what, talks so about it every five so seconds. So it wouldn't be Sittler night, then, because it's 13-0 and it's Detroit. Oh, my bad. Idiot. So, uh, anyway... Idiot. Idiot. Uh, he tried. So after this 13-0 blowout, players signed a petition stating they would never play another game for Harkness, and they gave it to Sid Abel, the GM. In fact, during the second intermission of that 13-0 game, Unger recalled that Harkness sank to his knees and said to the players, Why won't you play for me? In the dressing room. Abel was further incensed when Harkness was quoted as saying that, the, saying that things basically weren't his fault. Uh, Ned said the organization was paying for the sins of the past decade, which is a direct slam at Sid Abel, his boss, who'd been the coach and GM during those years. Abel wanted to fire Harkness, but Jim Bishop and owner Bruce Norris sided with the college man, Harkness. Abel resigned in protest, and Harkness was promoted to GM. Minor league coach Doug Barkley replaced Harkness behind the bench. Defenseman Gary Bergman recalled years later... Uh, the moment he met Harkness, he knew he was in trouble. So here's what he did. This is a good little story. He said he showed up at my house that summer, and he starts rearranging the furniture in my front room using my chairs as hockey players. What? He was, he was trying to sell me on his hockey theories. My wife peeked in, saw the state of the room, and shook her head. I knew we were in trouble. Oh, Harkness stayed on until 1974, by the way. Um, and you, you just reminded me of something with the, the Babcock thing. He would just stand in the room. Like, I remember, oh, yeah, he, he calls, like, once a week. He would call and text players, like, at least once a week. Mm-hmm. You just, you spend all hockey season trying to get away from the guy. Right. And then he's friggin', leave me alone. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to escape you. Gordie Howe had to call Bruce Norris at home during that, that petition. Uh, when they said they would never play for him again, they says one of the players said, we asked Gordy to make the call uh, because he had so many years with the team and he's always been very loyal. Norris was reportedly shaken by the phone call. He conferred with Abel, who advised him to fire Harkness. Then uh, uh, when Norris refused, later Abel, uh, Abel later admitted he checked with the team lawyer to see if he could fire Abel. He could not, and that led Abel to set down. He's like, I couldn't agree with the team policy nor work with this guy. And, and so Gordy Howe calls the owner and says, please fire this guy. 
and he never did. And that call was a courtesy. It's Gordie Howe. He could have just crushed his head like the mountain. Yeah. 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 And he amazing. still didn't do it? I, I'm still looking for, I'm looking for the phone calls rule, this Ned Harkness phone calls rule that I have not seen. Um, so I, I, I don't know if anybody is a Detroit Red Wing fan and can find the Ned Harkness rules that the players hated. Obviously, you wanted them to cut their hair. I mean, God, the Wings did wheel. that recently. Wing Wheel um, Podcast, help but, us out. Yeah, I'd love to know more about Ned Harkness. He sounds like one of the most interesting players we've never, or people we've never heard of. Now, I want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. The Leafs are sitting outside the playoffs right now by two points. Boo. We know that, whatever. Um, Chris Johnson was on uh, Fan 590 this morning, um, and he thinks the Leafs are, he said they're willing to be creative, but the deadline could pass and nothing could happen. And my question to the to to the room. The room. Are you okay with that? Nothing happening? If the Leafs do nothing at the deadline, are you okay with it? The conversation I've had with a bunch of people is to win the Stanley Cup, you need too many good players. Mm-hmm. Up front, I think they do. I think they have more good players than they need. Um, they have more good wingers. Uh, centers, it's certainly passable. I mean, they got the two-headed monster up front, mm-hmm. and then if either of them get hurt, it's obviously a disaster. You can't replace talent like that. But they have a redonkulous amount of talent up front. Mm. Has the past week or two not proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that they do not have too many good defensemen? <laughs> mm-hmm. They're boned in that regard. So I think, uh, you know, Riley and Muzzin in the lineup, healthy, a okay. I, I think their de- defense still isn't great, but it's close enough to the middle of the pack that their scoring makes up for it. And I assume Freddie will get back to what Freddie is. But if any of them go down, the whole Jenga tower comes down. So the Leafs not making a move at the deadline, I think, is an enormous mistake. Okay. Jesse, your thoughts. In the last 12 months, Kyle Dubas has gifted the Toronto Maple Leafs with, I include Cindy, yep. Logren, Barry, Muzzin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good... I think he's done a lot and for this team. Who has he got rid of? He's gotten rid of garbage. <laughs> garbage. He shipped it out of town. Jake Z- Gardner? Jake Garbage. No, no, not Jake Gardner. <laughs> no, not Jake Gardner. No, he's we're talking rid- about... He's gotten rid of a bad back, but he's gotten rid of guys like Ron Hainsey. Yeah. Guys like, Nikita uh, Zaitsev. Like guys like Nikita Roman Zaitsev. Roman Polak. Roman Polak. Yeah. I think... Hainsey makes three and a half million dollars. Yeah. Like, right. I... Ron Hainsey is a one and a half million dollar defenseman. Right. Yeah. I feel like he's done he's done so much for the team already that eventually it's like, okay, we see what you got with these defensemen and stop acquiring defensemen because that was just happened. Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing what we got though. Right. And we're seeing it. And if they don't do anything, that's what I'm saying, they, it's, I'm okay with that because we'll go into the playoffs and then we'll see. Right. Yeah, so, but then if, if the answer is they don't have enough, then it's just another playoff. So it's just another no, wasted. But then it's another answer. Oh, you, it's it's a process. It takes time to build, and you keep building and building and building. What if the answer every year is nope? Well, <laughs> that's nope. that's anxiety talking, though, Steve. <laughs> right. That's not. That's yeah, not a, and we haven't seen that yet. And I'm going to tell you what mine is, and, and mine yeah. would be is I'm fine with it. 
Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, first off, this is shaping up to be one of the worst trade, de- trade deadlines in history. Wait till I show you the TSN trade bait board. It is sad and pathetic. And it's from TSN. So, so if you're going to move... Yeah. It's bad to start. If you're going to move a player and you're going to try to get something, chances are you're going to have to pay too much to get too little. Uh, what yep. was it? The Leafs were trying to get Brandon Manning last year. Remember who they were going to have to give up to get him? No, Adam, I think we're getting in trouble again. It wasn't Brandon Manning. It was yeah. not Carter Hutton. And he it wasn't Le- Matt Benning. Was it Ben Hutton? No, it wasn't Ben Hutton. He was playing for the Sabres. Ben Hutton was not an oiler last year. It was Matt Hutton. <laughs> I think it was Matt Brandon Benning. Manning. But God anyway, damn it. Anyway, it was Connor Brown. It was going to be Connor Brown. Yeah. So, by the way, Brandon Manning was suspended. He's a Bakersfield condor right now. He's suspended for using a racial slur last night against the Ontario Reign. He oh, was gosh. just suspended about 10 minutes ago. Here's what he said. Last night I made comments to an opposing player that were stupid and offensive. After the game, I spoke with the opposing player in person, which I'm very grateful for. He allowed me to apologize and I took responsibility for what I said. Uh, To say I've learned from the situation is an understatement. I promise to be better. This uh, this just happened? This happened 10 minutes ago. Um, Beyond that, though, let's get into... I mean, like, listen, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what happened. And I know that there there were some videos circulating yesterday of um, somebody's doing a rehab stint in for the Oilers. It was Benning. It, it is betting, so I guess that there were some fights going on. Anyway, he's been suspended five games. Um, I'm okay with Dubas not doing anything at deadline. I don't want him to pay too much to get too little, just like you said. I'm going to back Jesse on that. Let me have you guys okay. have said your piece. Let me nope, say mine. And yeah. I'll tell you this: so you've got you've got a a guy that's made his moves, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So you got Tyson Berry. To start the season, and that was a big deal. You got Kerfoot to start the season. Steve's going to miss all this, but Jesse, I'll I'm tell you. listening. No, I'm fucking you. I'm just trying to find. <laughs> He's done so much in the last twelve months. He has done a lot. One more can we ask? Here was your trade years. deadline acquisition. Are you ready? Sheldon Keefe. Yep. The team has looked way better. Interesting. The team is. Well, I mean, that was a first round pick a couple years ago, but sure. Yeah. I think I think your move happened. You got the coach that you needed. Yeah. At a certain point, we need to stop throwing these players a bone and say, figure it out, boys. Hmm. The, the Leafs gave up a first-round pick last year, two first-round picks last year. They gave up one to get Muzzin, the other to get rid of Marlowe. Mm-hmm. So now they don't have a first-round pick till next year, and they probably can't trade that one either because they need to bring some new talent into the system at some point. Um, I think that you let this group... Unless you can make that move for a backup... Georgiev's top of my list, but if you can make a move for a backup goalie and slash a goalie of the future, I say you make that move. But beyond that, I don't see this. Yeah, everybody's like, well, they could go get Brandon Dillon. Okay, so you for, throw a fourth round pick at them. I know they've got a couple fourth rounders this year. Sure. Mm. Um, I don't I don't know what Brandon Dillon. I don't, if Brandon Dillon's moving the needle for you, you're not a good team. Yeah, is that winning you a playoff round? I don't yeah, think so. Maybe, maybe it's a depth move or whatever, but I, I don't see that being a big deal. I want to see this team... There's a question of it. You remember that? Remember the 16, 17 year where at the trade deadline they went out and got uh, Boyle? Yes, who somehow never scored a goal for them. No, but he set up Kasperi Kapanen in overtime. He sure as shit did. Now, by the way, Dan Boyle and Kasperi Kapanen were playing in overtime. Brian Boyle. <laughs> Brian Boyle, excuse me. Brian Boyle. Like, why were they playing? Matt in Martin overtime? got an assist on that goal. I know. Why were they playing? <laughs> why were they playing? But anyway. Because it was my, double overtime. Back, yeah, it's my And you got to dip into your fourth line. Just gonna, you know, no, he was rolling them equal because he's an asshole. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm kidding. I don't no, know not. if he's an asshole. No, you're not. Um, the, the 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 reality of it th- is this: has this team that team earned a fourth line center, and they earned the Leafs giving up a second round pick for it? Sure. The next year, 
Yeah, yeah, I guess they earned it. They just went out and got the wrong fourth line center. Placanitz was really good. They paid far too much for Far him. too much for Placanitz. And they, I think that another deal fell through and they couldn't get the guy they wanted. So they had to go after Placanitz and Maybe. pay too much for him. He played, he turned out to be one of their better players in that playoff round. Yeah, but leading up to that playoff he round, was he was hot garbage. Awful. Um, I don't think this team has earned the Leafs going out and being aggressive at this trade deadline. I don't think right. that they've earned it. And I think you have to earn that. I think you have to, you have to, for you to put, get a general manager to put all of his cards on the table, you have to be in two positions. You have to be in a, te a team that's going for it. This is your year. We look amazing. Like what Tampa looked like last year until they ran into Columbus. Or you got to be Yarmo Kekalainen. We're going to lose three superstars in the offseason. Mm -hmm. They did. Duchesne, Panarin, Bobrovsky. We, we have to make try. a go of it. Right. Yeah. And the third one is the GM has to be, this is my last year. If I don't win, yeah. I'm out the door. You gotta I'm be, toast. You got to be Alex Anthopoulos <laughs> yeah. being like, if I don't win this year, I'm out the door. And yeah. that's, and that's just not far. Dubas. That's not Dubas. No. He's not no. in that position. Um, the I think we agree more than you think. Because when you said, uh, it was Chris Johnson said they're, they want to get crea creative. Willing to be creative. I'm, I think any blockhead GM can go out and buy at the deadline. Mm -hmm. Who's a UFA? Here's a draft pick. And you just hock it out the window. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Any blockheaded GM can do that. Getting creative, to me, is getting Jake Muzzin. You get a, yeah. you know, cost-controlled D. He provides some of what you lack. You give up a little bit more for him, but you get him for two years. In a way, the Leafs' deadline pickup this year is Jake Muzzin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, he's a deadline pickup for two years. Yeah, right. if they if they go out and get someone who's going to be on the team next year, I would love them to explore that opportunity. If like it, an Alec Martinez sort of thing, something like that, or you know, uh, they go out and they get a backup goalie of the future, mm -hmm. or yeah, I think no, I think goalie we're, of the future that happens yes. to be the backup. That's mm -hmm. yes. when you make that. We're trade. not Otherwise, having the right conversation here. It's we're getting a backup goalie for this year. No, but yeah. For the future, yeah, as well. That is something I would like, unless you can get someone unreal like Robin well, one Leonard. One thing you also which... said is that to win, the team has to have too much good talent. Yes. But at what? At some point, you got to have enough talent, and then you just got to accept what the guys are. Why can't the guys there just play better and be enough talent for the team? Like you because they you can't, can't. You can't keep building until you're like, oh, finally we got an all star roster. Right. Now we're good enough and gonna go for it. Eventually, maybe the guys here got to play a better system and be more like Pittsburgh down the road, mm -hmm. who can withstand injuries yep. and play with when guys are out. Have three guys named Dominic you've never heard of. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Make Connor carry millions of dollars in Buffalo. We, yes. The Leafs have uh, like an all-star team up front. They're forwards, but they're not that on D because you can't have both because nobody can have the perfect roster. Right. You're never going to win with the per perfect rosters. You can't keep trying to build it. Eventually, you got to win with the guys you got. The last year, Tampa had as close to the perfect roster as you could possibly have. And, and, and they were healthy <laughs> going into the playoffs. Except wasn't. for Hedman. Hedman but wasn't. one guy. Yeah, they uh, Tampa had enough. They shouldn't have gotten fucking swept. They like, did. Columbus was a unique last place team to make the playoffs in that they bought the shit mm -hmm. like bought so hard Tampa should not have gotten manhandled that was bizarre that's one of still one of the weirdest playoff series we're but talking we, about it a year later the NHL seen a bunch of eighth place teams go and make the Stanley Cup finals yeah in the last decade like there like was it happens there was like uh the Kings the Kings run yeah were a completely different team after they got Jeff Carter mm -hmm. this was 
a team that I don't even know if they were in a playoff position when they made all these deals, but they're like, we're going to get him and we're going to get him and we're going to get... It was really weird. Was, they didn't load up with one guy. They loaded up with everybody that could get their hands on. I just think eventually the Leafs just got to make the guys that they got right now play mm-hmm. better. Yeah. And they can't just be like, oh, we're one guy away. That's the reason they didn't win. Yeah. To load a guy I wouldn't want to quote in this situation, Bergevin, uh, the answer's in the room. And I think in the, I don't think the answer was was actually in the room um, uh, for Bergevin, but I actually do think the answer is in the room for this Leafs team. I was very reactionary on the Martin Marincin thing last video, but I've already talked myself out of that extension um, <laughs> because of one bad game. Listen, I get that he knows the organization. I get that the numbers say he's better than he looks. Aren't there a thousand Martin Marincins yes, available are. every yes. frigging summer? Yeah, there are. You know what? If you're getting Martin Marincin, I think I think what they did was they're they're signing him for the AHL. I don't think they see him as an NHL defenseman next year. No, it's like a guy in a pinch, but you can't. He's he's a he'll be a well paid American League player that doesn't count against the cap. Yep, yep which they think. can afford to have. But like he isn't he aren't. I look at him and Callie Rosen as that one is the defensive version of the other, who's the offensive version of the other. Mm-hmm. They're they're fringe guys who can do a couple things okay, mm-hmm. who you didn't need to sign that player in January. What? Yep. What are you talking about? Yep. It's uh, pretty painful, actually. Yeah! Yeah. It is. It's, uh, it's a pretty bad look. And then that's... I've seen him in the playoffs, too. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't either. It wasn't for me. No, I, I think... I, I don't know. It's It seems like... To me, if you go out and you reward this team that has not rewarded you, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about... For, you rewarded them with Babcock. Yeah, you rewarded fired. them with Babcock right. because you sort of had to. Um, but I think that Kyle Dubas, like, like, look at... Not to bring this, keep bringing this up, because it is resolved legally. But you look at what happened with Austin Matthews this summer and the fact that he didn't contact the Leafs organization. Right. Which right? is insane. Insane. Yep. You right. look at the brutal contract negotiation. I give it, I get that it's business and that sort of thing. But the mudslinging that happened from the Marner camp yep. through various members of the media towards the Leafs. And we're talking about the team's two best players who have played like it. Yes. Yep. And they've played well. Yep. But then they've played not well on certain nights. I'm, I'm sorry, but... your reward was those contracts. That's your trade deadline acquisition. Uh, And if that's not good enough for you, then you're not going to win. And I think, I I don't think you go rewarding a team that has been this inconsistent. I don't think you send that message. I think you say, sorry guys, you're stuck with what you have. And if you want to go golfing in April, that's great. Kyle Dubas will be fine. The thing is, people worry. Yeah. People look at this and they go, well, you know, Kyle, Lu- Kyle Dubas could lose his job. Yeah, guess what? He's he- now in the rotation, baby. He'll be picked up the next flipping day at another organization who will let him do what he wants. Part of the reason he has this job is they were going to lose him. Exactly. Part of exactly. the reason. And so when you, you know, Kyle Dubas will go and he'll make the same amount of money somewhere else and he'll be fine. He's he'll be just rotation fine. <laughs> Kyle Dubas will have a longer career than... Probably every guy on the Leafs roster right now. Yes, yes, absolutely. He's not, he's not worried. He's not about worried. Anything. Kyle Dubas's yeah. chips are in, man. He's made his move. Mm-hmm. Now he's it's younger up to the than Spezza. <laughs> There's no reason for the Toronto Maple Leafs to make a deadline move unless it benefits the team long term. I could see an Alec Martinez for a manageable package. I can't see a first round pick for Alex Martinez. It doesn't make sense. Not that it doesn't make sense for the Kings to try and get one, because I think it does. But Alec Martinez. Is a good defenseman, a very good defenseman, 
but the Leafs do not have a first round pick to give. What about something real small? Like you can, I don't know. Brandon Dillon. Fifth or sixth round pick for oh, yeah. a guy like Michael Delzato. Like it's literally just. Michael Delzato is one of the worst defense guys, re- first yes. guys on defense. So yes, you, but no, he, doesn't, no. he doesn't move the needle. He's just guy in a pinch. They have guy in a pinch. Who's they guy in a pinch? They've got Marincin. I want to see KV Halmy. I don't know. I want I to just, see Lilligren when they decide yes, to show up. I agree. You want one more guy in a pinch on the roster? Is that what we're looking for? Kyle, du- Michael Delzato. On the right. Michael Delzato. There's no one behind him. No, and, and no offense yeah. to him. But this is a team that's already bad on defense, and you're going to have a guy who would actively make you bad on defense. And that's yeah. not that's yeah. just not Michael that's Delzato's not the game. Why that's are we getting You also don't want to trade for a guy and then healthy scratch him. Yes. That's a bad look. Yeah. And people are it's like, they, the should, they should go yeah. trade for Robin Leonard. Why? Go get him in the offseason. Nick Patan's grinding his teeth right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You don't want to be the team and the guys talk and be like, oh, I got traded there and I got healthy scratch. So so Sportsnet uh, put together. Is the best. They had their uh, they had their, their various reporters put together a list of three names that maybe the, the each team would want to go after. So the three teams that came out with articles today, we get the Leafs, we get the Flames, and we get the Oilers. So uh, on Luke Fox's list about the Leafs, Georgiev's number one with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got Brendan Dillon for the Sharks, who they've already been linked to. Um, yeah, he's Luke said, yes, the 29-year-old is a minus four this season, but his club is a minus 37. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> he starts the majority of his shifts in the defensive zone and finishes most of them in the O zone. Oh, that's good. That's good. L- listen, he's a he's a tough prick, mm-hmm. and the rules are just different. Yeah. They are different. I hate him playing against my team. The Leafs have six 2020 draft picks in round sixes and sevens. The toss in as a sweetener, and he mentions Timoshov, Korshkov, Bracco, Patan, Augustino, uh, Aberg, like all names that could be packaged as a part of a thing. You got the wheels spinning last episode when you said Agostino and Korshkov. I want to see what they look like as Leafs. I'd like to see what they look like as Leafs as well. Uh, the other one that came up here is Travis Hamannick. Um Now, we know that the Leafs tried to make a deal with the Flames last summer. Apparently, that was a TJ Brody, but it could right. have been Travis Hamannick who they're interested in. Uh, they have been interested. Now that Rasmus Anderson has signed, Hamannick is up at the end of the year. What do the Leafs go out? You know, Hamannick's a good defenseman. Um, He's better than what they got. Better than what they got. All of a sudden, you got... You got uh, Barry Hall Hamannick. Barry Hamannick Hall. Who do you give up, though? Hamannick's in the last year of his deal. He's going to be UFA. That's not... Unless the Flames are giving something else, that's not Kapanen Janssen territory because they're signed long-term. You know, like if it was player for player and they made the same amount of money, yeah, sure, maybe. But those are younger players making cost-controlled money they're exactly what the Flames need. What are, what else are the Flames giving in that deal? They do need cheap offense. The Flames? Yeah. Yeah. I just I look at I don't know. Flames fans will be like Milan Lucic. Like I'm I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at Bracco like, is it or all, like Timoshov. Can you can and, you get Oliver Shillington? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, like I'm I'm, I'm just you, like how do I do does anything the Leafs can offer them? Like they, they'd all be useful to the Flames, but do they move the needle at all? Hamannick would. No, 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 for the Flames. I'm trying to come up with something to impress the Flames. I think Janssen moves the needle. I think Kapanen moves the needle. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I thought you were saying not them. Well, no, I think if you're going to give them, you have to get something back. I'm saying it's got to be Hamannick Plus. Right. Okay, now we're talking. Because now Flames fans will be like, what are you talking about? But 
you got to look at this from a from a situation of where are their contracts at because that matters sometimes more right now than what their level of play is. Flames have a lot of good defense. Leafs have a lot of good forwards. Uh, Chris Johnson said today, the Leafs have like 17 NHL-ready forwards, mm-hmm. right? They've got the deepest forward pool probably in the NHL. Doesn't I, mean they have I the, think it's more than that. Doesn't mean they <laughs> to have be honest. the top, top talent. Clearly, that belongs at Edmonton and Pittsburgh. Yeah. But the, but they have the deepest pool of forwards, the most complete forward lineup in the NHL. I'd say at least, they don't perform that way. at least half the Marlies yeah. uh, forward group I would take on so the NHL is roster. It, is it, you know, is it a draft pick? You know, are you are you getting like the Leafs don't have a first rounder this year? Are you trying to get a second rounder or a first rounder out of the Flames so that you can at least maybe you can try to get that first rounder that you've that you're lacking and maybe it's it's still, you know, low. It's low mm-hmm. 20s because the Flames are a great team. What uh, about a Yance? Okay, something like a Janssen and Bracco and you get, get a Hamannick and something pick. I don't know. Right. And maybe it's a and conditional a pick. Maybe if he resigns it's a second. Maybe or it's maybe based on playoff rounds. Went around. Yeah. You got a first. Yeah. We're cooking. Yeah. We're cooking. Here we go. It's something you know, like that's yeah. the thing. Something. They're open to being creative. So anyway, I just thought we throw that out but there. But that's a move that's not just hey, get guy for whatever guy. It has a you know, it has, this a, a, has purpose. a purpose. There's a purpose yeah, and where a point. You're building, you're improving on the team, hopefully for long term and short term. Here are some other names that uh, that Luke Fox put forward for the Leafs to consider: Sammy Vatten and Mike uh, Mike Green, Eric Gustafson, Dylan Demello, Andy Green. Ron Hainsey. Dylan DeMello's a How name? Dare you. Sean Walker. Michael Delzato. Sorry, who, which one? How dare I who? Ron Hainsey. You know what? <laughs> I wouldn't I hate think, it at I this think, point. <laughs> I think we're done here with that. <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Uh, as you long should. as he, if he's played in the right spot, I don't no, hate it. No. No? Play done? No. Okay, so let's go into what Eric Francis said about the Flames. Because Eric Francis mentions the Leafs. Oh, Dylan DeMello was not having the season, I thought, by the way. Sorry, 38 games, zero goals, seven assists. Um, Hamnick so, has less. Does he? Uh, thinks three goals, seven assists. So oh. Oh. here are three things the Flames <laughs> could look to do by the deadline. They want He wants them to call up Austin Zernick uh, and demote Mark Janikowski because the Flames need scoring, which means the Leafs can provide that. And the Leafs supposedly looked into Mark Janikowski. Um, uh, uh, he said they should trade Sam Bennett. No, this isn't a fire sale, but the 23-year-old is not working out in Calgary. Uh, there's a chance they could use him as a valuable trade chip. I don't know how Sam Bennett becomes a valuable trade chip if he's not working out in Calgary. Come on. I think that's the opposite of valuable trade chip. No. He's going to be a Leaf. All Leaf Flames trades need to have at least 19 players. Let's do it. <laughs> that's true. You know what? That is a rule. Almost all of them. Minimum. minimum the Gilmore players. trade, massive. The Strollman trade was actually fairly big. The Fanuf trade was friggin' enormous. Let's go. Let's have a 19-player trade with the Flames. Um, and he said the third thing they need to do is acquire Kasperi Kapanen. That's that's very specific. Okay. Right. Yeah, that is very he specific. He said uh, he checks all the boxes for the Flames being a right-handed shooter with a reasonable cap hit, $3.2 million for the next two years, uh, and he would still be at the RFA at the end of it. He said while Bennett might be a part of the deal, pff, uh, the more obvious trip would be TJ Brody. TJ Brody's left-handed. I know he plays the right side, but he's left-handed. I don't want to get... The Flames have tried to trade uh, Brody and his $4.6 million cap hit for a while, included a Knicks deal for Nazem Kadri last summer. I've soured on this deal very fast. Yeah. Uh, the real <laughs> object of the affection could be pending UFA Travis Hamannick, who the Flames do and should covet as a virtual untouchable. Hamannick embodies everything the Flames need to pl- in the playoffs. So he wants, he wants them to give Brody, even though the Leafs definitely want Hamannick. 
No. Uh, defensemen are coveted at this time of the year, which means the Flames could uh, would have to replace TJ Brody or Travis Hamannick with a backender of significance. Such a such an addition could be uh, Yuso Valimaki if his surgically repaired knee shows signs it might be able to return before things. So, you know, Eric Francis, not really that. He's more like, hey, can you rip the leaves off? <laughs> That's mostly what he's trying to do. I, I look at it, you got three arguable... Mm-hmm. luxury players mm-hmm. up front in terms of their contract and importance to the team. There's Kapanen, who makes, I want to say, 3.3 mm-hmm. and is 23. Mm-hmm. You got Kerfoot, who I think makes 3.5 mm-hmm. and can regularly play center. Uh-huh. And you have Andreas Janssen, who, what does he make? 3 point, maybe he's 3.3? 3, 3 point something. 3, 3. 3. 3. There you go. Janssen is 3.4, Kapanen 3.2, Kerfoot 3.5. Rank them in terms of importance to the team. I'm going to put Kapman in first. Me too. Cappy, Kerr, Janssen. Yeah. And that's only because, honestly, I think think Janssen's coming off to a pretty nasty, you know, broken ankle. So it's tough to, tough on him. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he had pop in the Calgary game, I thought. Here's what I'd ask you. uh, The Oilers need to trade for a defenseman, right? And, uh, and so here's yeah. what here's what um, this is what Spec said for Sportsnet.ca. He said they need to acquire a three C, they need to find a winger to help Connor McDavid, and they need to add a D man if Matt Benning is iffy. That's a lot. That's a lot. A lot of stuff. <laughs> Could the they need something at almost every position? <laughs> is yeah. Well, they do. Um, and they are they are cheat code with Drysaddle and McDavid. But let me ask you this: Let's get creative again because this is a podcast and this is what we do here. Sure. Let's say it's the Leafs and Oilers. Lining up a deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I've always tried to make work in my head, and I can't because they need the same things. <laughs> well, they do and they don't. You need. What do you need more? You've got Clefbaum, Larson, Caleb Jones, and Ethan Bear, and Darnell Nurse on defense, right? you got a lot of young, good defense there, and you have Chris Russell, too. Not a lot of top talent, but guys. But, but guys that are, that are, what are you, three, four guys? Which the Leafs need, sure. right? Guys, the Leafs yeah. need a three-four guy. But sure. I would say, if I'm Edmonton, I'd say it's not deep enough for me to remove from it. However, mm-hmm. agreed. Yes. But if your options are find someone to play with McDavid and remove from the defensive pool, do you not take that? I say, hey, I'm gonna do this McDavid Drysaddle thing. Yeah. Okay. And run with my defense. If there was a trade to be had. You've got cost-controlled guys, and the Oilers need this because they're apparently going to commit four years to Zach Cassian. <laughs> and money's got to come off the books for Would them as well. Would you rather pay three and a half million bucks to Janssen or Cassian? Holy moly. It depends on how you look at hockey. Yeah, it does. Yeah. The Oilers need cap-controlled guys that can score 50 points a year. You imagine Janssen with Kapanen? I know. <laughs> imagine, I mean, sorry, Janssen with McDavid? Imagine you have a Darnell Nurse because they're saying his extension is going to be big and long, or that's what they're saying in Edmonton. He would be so fantastically popular here. He would, because he's tough. And and Speck said he wasn't sold on him, and that he wasn't going to. De- he may not develop into the top line player. That whatever. Darnell Nurse is an RFA at the end of this season. The Oilers have very little space, but and uh... and you're getting a cost controlled winger from the Leafs for the next three or four years, depending upon whether you go with Janssen or Kapanen. You know, it could be Janssen or Kapanen plus, or it could be Nurse plus. I don't know how you work that deal out. But does that not make some sense? The way the Oilers think about hockey, I think, you're about to head into what you hope 
is a two-month war against psychopaths with knife shoes. And you're going to trade one of the toughest friggin' nuts in the entire league. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they would. Mm-hmm. But if they would, I would certainly listen. I'd be intrigued by it. Like Darnell Nurse is a great hockey player. And I'm not trying to I'm not being I'm not trying to be Toronto centric and being like, well, we're just gonna walk away with whoever we want, because that clearly isn't how it works. Well, but you have to say the Oilers and the Leafs can help each other out with a trade here, you would think. I mean that the the more Kapanen and Janssen have more value than just what their stats are. And by the way, their stats are pretty good. Yes. It's the it's their contract control. It's the fact that when when Kapanen's deal is done, he is still an RFA. Still. I oh my god he listen he would have tremendous value in a trade but I'm not letting him go for nothing well, exactly and, and I don't know if, man is Darnell Nurse enough for you it, the Leafs this soft team that will not hit and all that Darnell Nurse would look amazing imagine a seven game series you're trying to come up the left side and you got healthy Riley healthy Muzzin healthy Nurse. There's not a lot of room to breathe there. Well, that's unpleasant. And, <laughs> yeah, Darnell Nurse is a left-handed D, um, which doesn't necessarily serve. The them. Leafs would. Here's the conversation, Dermy. You play the right side now. Yeah. Sorry. And the thing is now with with Dermot is at least you know Dermot can move the puck. The issue with against Boston the last couple of years is they had. Pretty good puck movers on the left side and guys who could not move the puck on the right. Not at all. Now you've got Barry, you've got um, Hall, Hall, and you've got Dermot. All guys that can move the puck. Darnell Nurse then takes away the 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 idea. Like you can you can you can sign Jake Muzzin in the offseason, but now you don't have to. Every conversation comes back to, and they have friggin' Cody Cece. Ah, whatever. You get like whatever with that. He's not playing, so does it doesn't matter. Like, like you don't in, think he's going to play in, in the this playoffs? situation? Are you telling me you don't think Cody he'll play in the play- No, but in this situation, we're talking about this hypothetical. The the Oilers get the winger they need. I don't know who the winger they need is. They want Kapanen, and um, you know whatever. The Leafs get Darnell Nurse in this in this scenario. In Let's a just Kapanen say it for Nurse deal. Yeah, and what? whatever that looks like. I'm not saying one for one. It's just whatever that looks like With to you. Me kicking and screaming. Darnell yes. Nurse comes in and is a scary player. Because he is. He intimidates people. He's, He's awesome. the fifth overall pick that we all thought he would be. You're telling me that if you got the option to roll Barry Riley, you know, uh, Muzzin Dermott, and then let's say Hall Nurse, just for it. Let's just say what it no. is. No. Hall Muzzin. Say you're gonna, CC Nurse. No! You're going to no! put... CC makes you're, that line. You're going to put care. Cody CC in there? That... Yeah, right. Here's what, here's what you do. If you right. acquire Darnell Nurse, that just leaves more room for Cody CC because more of his bad plays is covered up by great players. Wow. What True. Have, what have I said about Brad Jesse Marchand? That's a good point. What have I said about Brad Marchand for the longest time? Part of the reason he's able to be such an asshole is he's had just murderers around him. Mm-hmm. So here's what you do. Riley Berry, you make it work, damn it. Muzzin Hall... We sure. know it works. It does work. It's yeah. it's done well. And then you have Dermot, who is a utter prick. He is a prick. But he's not that big. But he's a prick. And you put him with the toughest fuck you can find. All of a sudden, that's a very interesting looking little decor. No, you have to play Cody Cece. No! <laughs> you absolutely do. He's the backup. He's the third goalie. He's the third goalie. You're not benching Cody Cece. There's no way. If Freddie gets hurt, it's Hutch. If Hutch gets hurt, it's Cece. That is the plan. <laughs> Backup goalie of the future. That's how it works. 
Now we're I done. I, I solved it. I'm not putting 4.5 up in the press box. What about on you know the moon? What I, I, you know what I think Could you, you do? Could you do the moon? You know what I think? I, yeah, I think you know what I think you can do. If if a team is like if you if you need the space or whatever, you could probably retain on CC and flip them to another team. Um, you know, for t- the last twenty games of the year or whatever. Like, I don't think at this point of the season it becomes that hard to move him. Like, if you want the Red Wings to take and be like, listen, we'll give you one of our six rounders. Just take two and a half million of his salary so we can bring in more salary. Or something you like want that. getting the creative? Red Wings would help you out for that. You want getting creative? Do the undoable. Which is moving that player? <laughs> no, that's that's not getting creative. That's dumb. Like, what? Why is it dumb? Because what possible does it? What does it? He serve? makes four point yeah. five and sucks. He's taking is up he, a spot on this team. So when you bring in a guy like Nurse for a comparable deal, say in Janssen or Kapanen, who make about the same, what does CC have to do with any of that? I'm no make both. I would like to see both deals happen. I would also like to live in what? Disneyland. I would like a lot of things. <laughs> it's just silly to think because why, why? why bother? Why even think about Adam, it? Adam, I cheer why for the Leafs. Time on I the cheer phone? for the Leafs as if I, lo- I like realistic a things. a limited amount of time in your life. Yes. Especially around the trade deadline. And you're going to waste time on the phone trying to work out a deal for Cody Cece? That is not going to move the needle. Darnell Nurse moves the needle. Travis Hamannick moves the needle. Those are just two names that we threw out there. Sure. Cody Cece moving his $4.5 million on the cap, which at that point will be less than a million bucks. That makes, Steve, that makes absolutely zero sense. You leave him on the roster. If you need him in a pinch because someone's someone's uh, uh, injured, I don't know if he's a, I think Marincin might be a better uh, option, but you got stuff. You got Sandy and you got Lilligren. You got yeah. you got Marincin and you got CeCe going into the playoffs. People are going to get injured. You do need those guys and there's no cap in the playoffs. Look at Adam. Look at Adam. Trying to make sense of hockey. Just Hockey's saying. dumb. It's dumb. Just do the thing. Do the thing that I want. It's dumb. It's Steve, and I want to do it my Yeah. Way. The playoffs always say fuck your plans. Yes. Oh, that's why I'm saying right. you need the depth. You need body. You need a guy who's played in the playoffs. <sighs> you need a CC. guy who's going to play 82 games for the Leafs. He's gonna. You're going to want him on your playoff roster. I think so. <sighs> At least he knows the system. <laughs> Yeah, he guess. knows it. Doesn't necessarily play it, but he knows he it. He knows it. If, okay, I'll settle for this. If they can find a way where he's not playing every night, I'm jolly as Darnell Nurse is the way he's not playing every night and everybody's healthy. Interesting. And by, by the way, let me throw this out there. The Leafs are not negotiating with you. <laughs> you said, I will settle for this. Uh, they don't. <laughs> Again, this is where Steve gets every goal is personal. It's personal. <laughs> every it is a goal. against me. <laughs> it is. <laughs> First of all, it is. <laughs> Freddie allowed that because of me. He did. <laughs> he, he did. did. That. And he points to the camera and he goes, that was a, for you, Steve. And I'm like, you Danish bastard. <laughs> Why? I cheered for your team at the World Juniors. Why? And by the way, the traffic on the way home, also a personal affront to yes. Steve. Yes. It is. Uh, they're doing it so you can't see the first period where the, pa- the, the Panthers light up the Leafs. Quick, 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 here and park. And they all just put their cars in park. That's how it works. Um, I have to leave for ice surfing relatively soon. Okay, well, we can wrap it up. We got to do a quick press conference, or yeah. do we have anything? press conference is, uh, did you see Duncan Keith and Jonathan Taves fight at practice? No, I was about to, and then the show began. Uh, it, so was, it was more of a wrestling match. It was like grappling. They both laughed it off, but Duncan Keith apparently left with his sticks after they got into a fight. Oh. Well, Taves <laughs> said it was, they, they said it was a, um, 
That's why you do the pregames or the, the 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 morning skate to get you ready for the game, and now we're ready for the game. What the hell? Oh, this. So that's interesting. Because anytime you hear about those teammate fights, they're at practice. This was at morning skate. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Fun times in Chicago. Very fun times, and things have been going well for them. And what the hell? second thing? Uh, did you see the preview of Sportsnet's feature on Connor McDavid? No, I read it though. You read it. Well, I read the so supposedly. Why did it, you watch the two minute video? <laughs> I friggin' I didn't. I just happened to not. <laughs> I'm about to go to Sportsnet. I'm gonna see it. Okay. What happened? There was a, you read it. You yeah. Know what happened? Well, I want Explain. you to say it. Explain. Explain what you read. Connor McDavid video. when he hit the net in the last game of last season against the Flames. Mm-hmm. When he hit the net, uh, there was that famous clip of if you do a little bit of lip reading, it looks like he says it's broke. He thought he broke his leg. Actually, it sounds worse. Supposedly, he tore his PCL in half. Mm-hmm. It's PCL PCL is one of the ligaments in your knee. I think it's the one behind it. I don't know. Uh, very important. It was a potential career-threatening injury. Um, surgery would have required a 10-month recovery. So if I'm not mistaken, he wouldn't even be back yet. Uh, what's May to... April. No, April to whatever, yeah. 10 months. May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January. He'd be coming back in a month. There you go. And he chose to do uh, no surgery. No surgery. And he rehabilitated it. And he rehabilitated his torn pectoral. And he's got something Earth. like he's got something like seventy-five points in forty-nine games. He is a mutant. Question to Adam Wilde and Steve Dangle: mm-hmm. Do you think there is something wrong with that? They told Connor McDavid, "Hey, you require surgery." He says. No, no, I want to be ready for training camp, which he says in the video. He mm-hmm. says, training camp is my date. I'm going to be ready for that. So he does this other thing, and he gets ready for training camp. He's healthy now. It mm-hmm. worked. Is that a problem, though? It reminded me of, do you know the the Brock Lesnar intestines thing from uh, when he was in the UFC? No. So <laughs> he won the championship. And was clearly, why are you laughing? <laughs> keep going. No, keep, please keep going. He won the championship, but then clearly wasn't himself. Right. He, he was only at a certain percentage of his strength. Turns out he was his diet was so fucked up that he had holes in his intestine. No. And they're like, forget MMA, your career is over. You're going to be shitting into a bag for at least the next six months, potentially for the rest of your life. And Brock Lesnar said, no, no <laughs> and instead I'm going to eat vegetables and stuff. And his intestines healed. Hmm. And doctors were like, you're a goddamn alien. How the hell did that happen? So that's what it reminded me of. Athletes, professional athletes are not, they're not like us. Guess what? I tear my PCL in half, I need surgery. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe McDavid doesn't. But I would say it's, the, the lesson learned here, I would say is not a good one. The outcome is good. The lesson learned is a horrible one. The outcome is McDavid is fine. Great. The lesson is... Is it healed, though? Don't listen to doctors. Apparently, it's better than ever. Oh. Looking at him play, I'd say it looks fine. Everybody's better than ever before the playoffs, too, right? Remember that. Um, There is that. uh, Well, what if it uh, it snaps again because he never fixed it properly? I think my favorite part about the question you asked, Jesse, was, Adam, what do you think? And then Steve launching into a story. (laughs) Yeah, and you looked up at the sky. (laughs) So I was like, I'll jump in. And I like how you noticed. Because I noticed. (laughs) I gave you time to think. (laughs) I thought. 
<laughs> it's my favorite. I love you, man. <laughs> There's only one. Yeah, Steve. whatever. There's only one Steve. Listen, I think I think you have to let people have control over their own bodies. You can't mandate this stuff. Um, the um, I, I know not a lot of people that pay attention to the, or watch this show watch a lot of MLS, but I do, and the. Uh, Toronto uh, 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 captain um, Michael Bradley was. It, it was announced today that he won't be back till May uh, mm. because they knew about an injury that he sustained in the MLS Cup final. They said if you rested, it might work out, and he did. And then he now needs surgery because it hasn't healed. And Josie Altador, another one of the team stars, came out and said, "This has happened before. This is the the, the medical staff has let us down again. Oh wow! Uh, and it's unacceptable. So that's a pretty major statement from their wow, star player who they huge. committed to, right? So you know, I think, you know, I'm sure that the the uh, I'm sure that it's up. To, it is up to Connor McDavid ultimately. Mm-hmm. You cannot, as a team, order a guy to get surgery. So yeah. Is it the right thing? Yes. Steve, you're right, though. Wrong message. And I think... But where, are the Oilers going to make the playoffs this year if Connor McDavid gets that surgery? So, uh, not a chance. No. Literally zero chance. Zero chance. So it's... What I'm worried about here is not McDavid's injury thing in a vacuum. I'm worried about the Oilers' staff. You look at what happened with Boy Arby, Um You know... With the hips. That's a major, major thing. And I... I just... Ugh... I feel like there's something, something doesn't smell right there. It also might have just been him going, no F you. Yeah, it might have been. Right. It might have been, but you can't deny there's a bit of a connection. Can you not? Like, you, there's, even if, even Maybe. if none, neither have anything to do with each other, you can't blame me for going, yeah, but we've seen this before. That is true. That is true. But it's, it's the, at least the third example I could think of in hockey where we're like, you're, you did what? Mm-hmm. And you're okay? Yeah. Like, David. Carlson. Stamkos with the broken leg, yeah. Carlson with the Achilles. Yep. Yep. But now Stamkos, eh, Stamkos isn't exactly a young man, but he's done fine. Yep. McDavid's still a young man. Carlson is no longer a young man. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at him almost every game and going, this guy cannot do the things he once could. Mm-hmm. He simply can't. So, but that was also because that wasn't because of the original injury. That was because of a later injury. It's and he multiple. Was the, but the ankle was always there. Yep. And who knows your body, uh, the way everything's connected. I'm learning this dealing with all my friggin' bullshit. Every, everything is connected. So if your if your Achilles is making you skate differently, all of a sudden maybe it's screwing up your groin, and that led to the groin injury, and now blah 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 blah. Is McDavid, who is the best player in the world right now, bar none, mortgaging his future? And this is the conversation we always have with athletes is like so many of them cut their career by five, six, seven years, but they get a championship out of it. Wasn't that what you're playing for? Yep. And millions of dollars. Yeah, and millions of dollars. I don't know if it's the, (laughs) like Paul Correa, let's let's go to one of the most notorious examples in the sport. Mm -hmm. Paul Correa gets his brain just demolished by Scott Stevens. And, and Gary Suter. Yep. And he comes back, and he scores the game-winner goal, uh, game-winning goal, and he brings his team to within one game, within three goals, of the Stanley Cup. He probably does it again 99 times out of 100. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe even 100. That's what he was playing for. Mm-hmm. If I were in that position, would I have handled it any differently? I don't know. 
If I was a professional athlete and I had worked my entire life to be in that moment, would I have been like, no, I can't go out there and play in the Stanley Cup final? No, I think you do. I don't know. Yeah. I think I don't it'd be know. pretty tough. You're, all, pretty you're tough. all looking at it because there's no... There's no skin in the game for you. Yeah. You've never done this. I, it's super easy for me to go, Connor, get the surgery for heaven's sake. Mm-hmm. You're asking him to look at it rationally, which uh, he I don't know if he can because it's him. Yeah. And it's yep. not a McDavid thing. This is a professional athlete thing. Yeah, one thing, um, if you remember when Clay Thompson injured his, uh, he tore his ACL in game six of the NBA Finals last year. Versus he the shot the free throws! He came out, he shot the free throws, he went to the back, and he started running on it because he said, I'm going to go out there. There was a torn ACL, and he said he wasn't, he was like, it's fine, I'm going to go back out there. And they told him, no, he can't do it. Derek Stepan, um a couple years ago, broke his leg at practice. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, how do you break your leg at practice? Because it was already broken. Mm. It was broken, and then he broke it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, There's there's so many examples throughout sports. The, what was so unique a few years ago, and maybe this is the difference between what it's like in the major leagues when you're living out your childhood dream and the minor leagues, what was so unique about Game 7 Marlies versus the Texas Stars is Travis Dermott had the option to play and he chose not to. Interesting. Because he well, was Well, that's because he, he was, was injured in the, the series against Boston. He was going in the NHL. Yes. I because he was looking out for his future. Mm-hmm. If that game 7 is game 7 of the Stanley Cup final instead right. of the Calder Cup, Travis Dermott is playing in that game. He's not going, "Here you go, Andrew Nielsen, you take it." Yeah. <laughs> Which is what he did. He's playing in that fucking game. By the way, just as a quick aside, you talk about how the body's interconnected and how you're learning stuff. So I've been going to, a lot of people have noticed, and somebody thought I was, I, I had a cocaine problem actually, and they, they were really sweet about it because of how, oh, the way I, I remember with my jaw. <laughs> I do remember. No, it, it's, and I know you got to go to ice surfing, but I got to tell you this story quickly, quickly. Sure. Um, so it was really nice of that person, by the way, to reach out and say, hey, do you have a problem? I had one too. And they, they were really kind. It was a, a very, very yeah. nice. I had the same thing about my back. Everyone's like, oh man, I see you adjusting all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so anyway, I'm in, I'm at this rehab clinic now cause I finally had enough. I was getting to the point where I had headaches every damn day. I'm Not a rehab ad- for your drug addiction. No, rehab for my jaw. <laughs> and, uh, my jaw has been bad for years and you've seen it on and the it show and you've seen me playing with it. And caused whatever. by drugs. Was yeah. caused by drugs. No, but I was taking Advil or knockoff Advil every day and that's bad for your stomach. It's bad for your liver. You should not do yeah. that. So I finally go and I'm in the assessment room and the guy's like, okay, so... Um, he's like, any injuries or anything like that? I'm like, no, not really. He's like, do you play sports growing up? I'm like, yeah, I played hockey for 12 years, but like I wasn't good and didn't play at a high level. So I didn't really get injured. And, uh, and he said, okay. So he's kind of feeling around in my neck and whatever. And he looks at my hands and I've got a really tight neck, really tight jaw. I get a lot of headaches in, in, you know, my temples above my eyes and in the back of my head. It doesn't matter every day. It's something different. And so he, he looks at my hands and my right hand's fine. Nothing. Right. Yeah. What do you see on my left thumb? You have a cut. Yeah. You have a scar. From... I have an 11-stitch pirate scar on my thumb. It looks like a pirate scar, like one of those ones you draw on your face, right? How'd you get that again? I was cutting... Uh, we bought uh, Costco laundry boxes, basically, of, of powder for the laundry machine. And basically, at the time, we had these tiny little gray bins that you could fit your cardboard in. And if you didn't get your cardboard in the gray bin for them to take it... Um, they wouldn't take it. So if you put the cardboard beside the gray bin, the guys would be like, no, screw you. And you'd never get your cardboard taken. So my dad was anal retentive about this and it was going to be my job. So I took a brand new X-Acto knife and I'm cutting through a box that is double layered and it slipped 
and slice my hand. We've had this conversation before. My yeah. dad has a s- similar scar, similar spot, similar. It was with an exacto knife. So he said, uh, he said, what's that? And I told him the story that I just told you. And I said, well, it's, yeah. And he said, can you feel anything with it? And I said, yeah. And he, he rubbed his hand. And he's like, no, no. And he rubs both of the, 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 the thumb wrist area. He said, "Can you do those feel the same?" I'm like, "Well, no, it feels a little different." And he's like, "Okay, so here's what I'm going to tell you something. Um, what, I'm going to ask you something first. When did when did you get this scar?" And I said, "I was probably 13 or 14." So when the jaw tr- trouble happened, I said, "15." Mm. He said, "Mm-hmm." Mm-hmm. So apparently, there's a nerve called the C5. Okay. The C5 nerves goes from your feet apparently to your thumb to the back of your neck. Is it related to the CTP program W5? It is not. Ah, damn it. It's not, if, it only, not an, if only. It's not investigative journalism, sadly. <laughs> the C5 nerve, and he said, he said, uh, I noticed that the left side of your face is, that's where the majority of your jaw trouble comes from. Oh, yeah, it does. He said, that's because you're, you've got nerve damage in your thumb that your body is now overcompensating for in your neck and jaw. And wow. that's why you've had jaw trouble for 15 years. And so this little cut, this little 11 stitch cut is the reason that I've been having headache after headache after headache. And it's funny, I've had, uh, since then, he's he's put me through, I've had, um, what's the needle thing called? It's uh, acupuncture. acupuncture. And they put like electric currents in it too. So your your arm starts to like I've shake it. I've heard nothing but good things. Incredible, incredible stuff. And right away, there was there was a point where he, he grabbed a piece of my, um, my back and I was lying down. I went, oh. You know what I mean? Yep. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, just to let you know that that um, this is how much pressure. And he pinched the back of my arm. He's like, this is how much pressure I'm putting on. And he barely touched me. And there was a point. He, he hit a point on my back right away that was like, I would have, if I was standing up, I would have been on the ground crying. Hearing this makes me tense. It's crazy. You know you get that feeling? Oh, I'm like, sorry. Oh, yeah. I can hear yeah. you. Uh, yeah. I so you like ma- <laughs> But imagine what a PCL or, a, or a, uh, what the back of your ankle that Carlson had or, right. you know, imagine what that does to the rest of your body. It's not just isolated. It's not just in a vacuum. It's everywhere. So anyway, I told you that random story because what is it going to do to McDavid's career later on? Yeah. What did it do to Carlson? Carlson's career, who admittedly had, a, had other injuries. I think that's part of being an, an athlete. Your body is going to be destroyed after this. And they'll tell you it's worth it. Yes. Hmm. Yes. And you know what? McDavid makes so much money that he could literally drive around on a Segway the rest of his life. Doesn't matter. I've met Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've met Bobby Bond. You know what that guy's got? Arthritis, a limp, and four cup rings. One of which he's responsible for directly. Yes. Like, so it's... <sighs> Listen, Adam, if, if you gotten, if you had a radio accident... Mm-hmm. <laughs> radio accident. Man, those are, those are common. You, if you got a <laughs> shoulder injury from a ridiculous radio accident, uh-huh. you were being stunt boy on the radio, <laughs> I'd be like, Adam, as your friend, you got to take 10 months off and get that surgery. Yeah, yeah. Connor McDavid makes $12.5 million to try to win the Stanley Cup in the National Hockey League. And what he does is his prerogative. Now, if someone is encouraging him to not take the surgery, I think that's wrong. There's a moral issue there. I agree. I think that's I wrong. I agree. Yep. Um, but if if it's his choice, his body. okay, man. It's his body. Go for it, but I don't think that's a good idea, but go for it. It worked out this time. It worked out this time. We were told anyway. It very often does not. I think about a guy like uh, Andrew Hammond, who I got to talk to, who had many uh, uh, health issues he was dealing with. 
And then the Sens call him up. And then he wins 20 out of 22 games or something like that. For the rest of his life. And free McDonald. And he becomes this phenomenon. And then, so now all of a sudden you're in the offseason. You're going to get offseason surgery and miss training camp and miss the beginning of the season? You're not going to do it. And it wasn't until it was finally time. Like, you cannot play right now. You stink. Because your body (laughs) won't let you play. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until then that he finally had to go. All right, and then he take a he took a step back. Like, what, what do you? The correct answer is my body hurts. I'm gonna go out and fix it. I'm in the show. That's what I've been doing this for. I'm in the show. I won. Mm-hmm. I'm winning. I'm in the playoffs. That guy was one of the worst goalies in the American Hockey League that year by the numbers, and he played in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They didn't win, but. Played in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The responsible thing to do would be to not play. <laughs> but he friggin' got a three-year multi-million dollar contract out of it. It's called trading future wins for current wins, right? It's like why you trade draft picks. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to do it. Yeah, and it, but it depends Depends who you ask. I'd be interested to talk to, like, Nathan Horton, mm-hmm. who, you know, we know his life is... Pretty tough. Pretty tough right now right. because of uh, that spine surgery that supposedly he needs. Would he do it again? He's got a cup ring. He's got millions of dollars. Can't would, play with his kid. Can't play with his kid. What well, would you do it again? David Clarkson's got a really nasty back injury. Wonder how what, what he would say. In the elbow, and and he doesn't even have a cup. Right, Mikhail Grabowski. I think we're going to ask Steve Dangle. Was writing that book worth it? All those back injuries you it's have true. now. Yeah, all those back injuries from carrying the show. <laughs> <laughs> And commuting. <laughs> and the Leafs organization. <laughs> yes. Because everything they do is on him. Everything. And that's why I love Steve. I'll set, I'll set up. Kyle, listen, I will settle for. You know, <laughs> the trainer just told me, you know what actually contributes to a bad back? Interrupting your co-host. No! <laughs> so? Your back must no be wonder. terrible. It is. <laughs> we found it. I love you. We'll never know. We'll never know. Jesse, this is the show. You are such a good sport. This is the show. I'm mortgaging it. I'm worried, but I'm going for it. I'm trying to win a ring. Quick aside, um, and we should mention this. We weren't sure. Ice surfing. uh, Ice surfing, I don't know. Listen, one last thing. One last thing. This is important. Not really. Um, Listen, I I didn't realize that this was a thing, but there's a Canadian podcast awards. We were sent an email about it, and we were like, yeah, okay, what organization is this? Apparently, it's legit. Um, you never it, know, it is right? The, yeah, we didn't know, but we are. I think we're nominated with Chicklets, Tight End, uh, uh, Thirty One Thoughts, and and Dmitry Filipovich's show as well. Um, so anyway, listen, it's nice to be nominated in the sports category and made it into broadcast dialogue magazine. Um, but uh, listen, uh, hats off to whoever wins it, and thank you for nominating us. Hey, and, and and just screw spitting Chicklets. Yeah. yeah, fight me, Biz. <laughs> You hear that? Yeah. Fight Steve. Biz, <laughs> in shape Biz versus Bad Back Steve. I'm, Only I know fight my Steve. money's on. <laughs> I saw Steve. him try out for the lacrosse. <laughs> I could be, you know, no, I can never hate spitting chicklets. Ryan Whitney contributed to one of the happiest moments of my entire life. He was on Team USA when they lost to Canada in 2010. Oh. So I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you Monday. on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam 
W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. Connection complete.